you, you boys are going to have to improvise the intro music because I've just deleted it <laughs> off the tablet. Oh gosh, that was that was going to be such a slick opening. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Oh well, we fucked it. Yeah. Right. Oh gosh, I hope we're live. Panic stations. Hello, Phil Common. Bienvenue. It's time for the Armistice Inquisition yet again. Episode. 317 on Sunday, the 18th of February, 2024. I'm Phil. I am Ben. And I'm Matt. And tonight we're very happy to be joined by author and researcher Hugh Evans. How are you doing, Hugh? How are you reading us? Hi. Yeah, I'm very good. Thanks for inviting me on the show. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Yeah. Um, You were showing me a sneak preview of your book, uh, the new book, The Origin of Numbers. And just through, you know, after 10 minutes of looking through it, I could tell it was right up my alley. Lots of symbolism, lots of archaeoastronomy and similar interrelated subjects. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to this very much. Um, now, tell me, how did you get into all this? Because um, I'm always interested to know why people start diving into prehistory and maybe thinking that what we're told in the mainstream, in academia, maybe is due for revision. Um, well, I've... Um... I, I started it, uh, approaching this from the stars, and I've always been interested in the stars. And I lived in uh, the countryside, and we didn't have television in those days um, in the evenings for children. And so, you know, uh, during the winter months, we'd look at the stars, and I'd ask my parents and grandparents what they were and things like that. You know, obviously, I'm getting quite old now. So, um, uh, and I had a, a very great love of the stars and I went to university and I studied astrophysics for a year. Wow. And at, uh, at the end of that, it really wasn't answering any of the questions that I wanted to have answered. I'd gone to university to have all, you know, what happened before the Big Bang and all those <laughs> sorts of questions. And, you know, they, they said, oh, don't, don't, don't worry about that. Just, you know, le- learn some of this maths over here. And after a year, I, I just, um, I changed courses and I um, graduated in aeronautical engineering. So the difference between astrophysics and aeronautical engineering is aeroplane, aeroplanes just fly. People get upset very quickly when they don't. Whereas astrophysics, you can talk about it for decades. We've been talking about it for a hundred years, and um, it can still be sort of like a continual argument. So I, I've had um, a uh... oh, oh, Hugh, your your audio's just dropped out. That wasn't me, was it? <laughs> no, no, it's... Hmm. Uh, gone silent. Yeah, we're not hearing you, Hugh. I can't believe that. We've been talking for half an hour. Mm. And five minutes in, the uh, the audio's gone. And it's not the roadcaster because it's still showing up here. Yeah. So I think the people at home can still hear us. But I wonder if I need to go to Zoom and, like, request audio or something. Oh, no. Hmm. Ah. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's going yeah. through the roadcaster. Yeah. Oh. Oh, no. oh hang now on. Something's going wrong. Let me try the magic plug and unplug thing. <laughs> Don't you just love USB C cables? I can't hear you at all. There we yeah. go. There we Sorry, go. Hugh. I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Yeah, we okay. just uh, we had a, a okay, loose. Can you hear? Yeah, we're back. Yeah, we just had a loose wire at our end. Okay, well, uh, you, um, you were just talking when about. Where did we get up to? You were just talking about how. Uh, astrophysics is kind of theoretical and that aeronautic engineering is more practical and people aren't people well, tend it. to get a bit miffed when their um, aeroplane falls out of the sky they do they get miffed very quickly and they expect it to work so you know we got a very two we got two different disciplines there and i think both are essential but i learned how to be a scientist and to to create concepts and um and engineers don't really focus on that. They they take con- proven concepts and then they make real things out of it. So then I, I stress tested my concepts using my engineering. And after I finished the engineering, I qualified as a chartered accountant. Um, I've sort of stopped doing that sort of thing now, but I still apply the same sort of prudence uh, to my work um, and scrutiny that I would apply to auditing people's accounts, which is a bit boring. But um, you, all your viewers will know that my work can be scrutinised and copied. So if you wanted to um, get, uh, and I provide links to all the um, dictionaries I use to, as part of my research. So any um, person can go to my YouTube videos or um, go onto the internet to these links and do their own check-in. It's not sort of like completely made up or fabrication. So um, at the start, I'd, I'd done a lot of research and carried on doing a lot of research. I'd um, uh, And at the start of lockdown, I um, uh, had gone just before that to see a, a lecture by Hugh Newman on the Giants of Britain. And he talked about uh, Idris, one of the great astronomers, of ancient British mythology, which, you know, immediately chimed into my interest. Didn't really know much about the giant Idris. And Hugh Newman was saying that he um, charted the heavens from atop Cad Idris, the mountain in North Wales. So at the start of lockdown, I was looking at maps. My father's family are from that area. And I saw some other um, points of interest that... Um, may have astronomical connections. I was working uh, with Ross Broadstock, um, plotting different star alignments in South Wales at the time. And I started doing the same thing in North Wales. And I spoke to my family, my father, uh, if he knew some of these sites, and he did. Uh, A book was recommended to me, Arwen by Mike Harris, and he had identified Cad Idris uh, as the constellation, the plough, and across the valley, the little plough, and also the constellation Booties. But my big breakthrough, were, as I researched this and looked at the maps of North Wales, was that I realised the rivers were the ecliptic. And once you find the ecliptic, you can place all the constellations on the ecliptic. And um, then they all have adjacencies with other constellations. And as I um, looked at the land features and over the last four years, I've learned a lot of Welsh. 
the land features are actually written in as components of the constellations. Just today, as you would drive around any town and you drive past the fire station, there'd be a sign out front saying fire station, and then you'd get to a junction and it would say this way to the hospital and that way to the river. It's That's how it's written across uh, Gwyneth with, in relation to the star maps. And so this is not something that the people who invented the star maps of Gwyneth were shy about, secretive about, and they were extremely proud about it. They generated and built a star map across the whole of northwest Wales, which covers a million acres. <laughs> thousands and thousands of sites, um, hundreds of them um, scheduled monuments, um, which is like English heritage, the Welsh equivalent, that have been dated to at least... Bronze Age, but they're all stone. You know, they're all Stone Age, really. And so, these these place names haven't changed for thousands of years because of the culture and the topography and the economy. So it's a it's a vast resource where, um, you know, we can look back in history. The community that um, was sustained in the land in Gwyneth. Um, was put in place there to look after this artifact. It's the largest ancient artifact on earth. And I think it's the most important ancient artifact because it gives us this window back into the antediluvian world. The people who built the star maps of Gwyneth, they um, had been watching the stars for a hundred thousand years. Wow. Now, There's... several questions spring to mind already. I mean, the first thing I was going to ask before um, before you go on too too quickly is: these um, astrological maps are they composites of natural formations and man-made monuments? They are all manner of um, creations. So some are composites, um, some are, um, let me just share, I can share a page if you want, yeah. and I can show you a bit better. So um, let me let me share this, uh, uh, let me find the page first so I can go straight to it. 100,000 years. Mm -hmm. That's a long no. time. It is, isn't it? But again, like. Well, that's something else I want to know is antediluvian. Are we talking younger Dryas before the younger Dryas? Or... Okay, so I think I can, if I can find you, and now I can share my screen. Uh, yeah. Right, here we go. So this is actually, can you can you see the screen now? Not yet, because I can see the little. Yeah. Right. Um, you're going to need to shrink it a bit, I think. Phil's just going to grab it now and put it up onto the stream. So just take a minute. Right. With okay. So this uh, this is a page not from my book, The Origin of Numbers. I appreciate the um, podcast is about my book, The Origin of Numbers. But the um, my book, The Origin of Numbers, was written after I had written The Origin of the Zodiac because the people who had 
charted the heavens and watched the um, stars for 100,000 years or certainly 25 or 50. But, you know, they, we're talking those orders of magnitude. Yeah. Um, they needed a robust number system. Um, you can't do it on sort of like cave dabs on, on, a, on a bit of cave art, you know, and that's not being disrespectful to those people. Um, you need to have a resilient system. And the most resilient system is actually a verbal um, tradition. Because as you develop the verbal tradition, you have to share it amongst the whole community and it has to be error-free. As soon as you as soon as you go to a written tradition, those people that write the books can control the narrative, and the people who don't write the books have to accept it. This is something we've we've heard several times that with an oral tradition, when you impart an oral tradition, you can check that it's been understood. Whereas if you write something down and give it to someone, say, read that, they can read it and get completely the wrong end of the stick. Yes, absolutely. And also, um, when you go back to the Stone Age, armies didn't exist because they didn't have weapons. So communities were um, consensual. Okay, they had their conflicts, but things evolved slowly. I mean, and there's a disadvantage to that. But what it means is that change for the worst did not happen quickly. As soon as you get to the copper, the bronze, and the, and the iron age, things change rapidly. Yeah. But coming back to your question, um, there are some constellations on the ground in Gwyneth where the constellation looks like the features on the ground. So the greatest example is Ursa Major, the the plough, on top of the mountain Cad Idris. So there it is. Okay? So you can see it looks sort of like it. And when as you start to make your star map on the ground, you need to get some first points sorted out. You can understand roughly where your pole star is going to be. You've already defined your ecliptic. Then you can start putting in the constellations. So on this side here, um, these are the constellations where, unlike the plough, where there are some very bright stars in the heavens above in a plough shape that can fit reasonably well to the ground below, in the example of Corona Borealis, which is adjacent to the plough, so you don't have a lot of space to get it right, there are no clear um, features on the ground. So what has been created are two artificial lakes, which have been created by just creating a threshold, and then a number of standing stones and stone circles. And I've been to these places. This is Ariane Rod's uh, wheel, and she was the ancient British god goddess represented by Corona Borealis, and her wheel dipped into the underworld. And, and the... Um, the membrane or the barrier or the um, the point where you went between the mortal world and the underworld were the rivers and the seas. So going into these lakes, you were going into the underworld. So her wheel of time and fate was partly in the mortal world and partly in the, in the underworld. And she had two sons, Dylan Abdon, who lived under the sea, and Hlu Hlor Gifs, who lived on land. Wow. 
So that's Ariane Rod's wheel. And the third con uh, type of constellations are those that um, are distinct on the ground, but not above. And this is the proof that the star maps of Gwyneth are origin of the zodiac and actually determine all the constellations above because the ground features, which is this major river, the Dee, and then the Alwen in Gwyneth, with Corwen at this corner here. Um, the stars above representing Pisces, there are many stars that could be in the constellation. You can see them here. There's mm. even bright stars that are not in the constellation and haven't been used. So these stars are actually determined based on the ground features. <laughs> and, this is, and this is because in this part of the star night sky, there aren't a lot of stars. The, the Milky Way is not, this is a, a sort of above and below uh, the galactical plane. So there are local stars. There's no really bright ones, as you can see here, compared to these ones in yeah, the yeah. cloud, or even, or even in Corona Borealis. Yeah, because if you look at um, from the northern hemisphere, the Milky Way or the galactic plane seems to go up like a like a north west sort of angle, whereas the zodiac is on the ecliptic. That's right. the the um, the, the galactic plane, which is the Milky Way, goes up right over the top of the right over here, the top of the celestial sphere. And it goes through uh, Cygnus. Cygnus the Swan flies up. You can actually see the sort of, sort of like the grey hazing here of the Milky Way. Right. Yeah. And then it goes right round the bottom and to Centaurus, and um, the eclipse it goes around the middle. So in my book, The Origin of Time, the great uh, I, there are a number of um, hypotheses that I present in this book. And perhaps the greatest hypothesis is that all the constellations were originally mapped on three rings. All their adjacencies are specific. The none are random. All have meaning. All are explained in the Welsh language. I explain them all in detail, back to the origin, the origin and explain how the Greeks have misinterpreted it either on, on purpose or not. To these ancient people who um, charted the heavens, and we're told that um, Idris charted the heavens from atop Cada Idris. Idris was the great astronomer of Britain. Idris means Lord of the Courses and the Points which is a good name for someone who's charting the heavens. And he received instruction, we are told, by both the Bible and the Book of Enoch from Uriel, who was already in Gwyneth and already had the knowledge. And we are told, since um, Enoch, who is Idris, was great-grandfather, I think, or grandfather of Noah. Yeah. But this happened before the Noah flood. So right. this is antediluvian by definition. Yeah. And Uriel was already here with the knowledge. So uh, 
all of this is written in Welsh, which is ancient British, which is the antediluvian language, which we still have access to because it has been maintained in North Wales. But more than that, the only way that this could possibly have uh, arisen is if that there was at one point um, in the past a, uh, a time where the language became a common language across the globe to the greatest to the greater extent and the last human bottleneck was at 70,000 years ago when humans reduced down to 10,000 um couples i think something like that yeah, yeah we've so about it, yeah. Uh, but if you look at some of my um youtube videos um i i also um, make up some subjects alongside the written work so they complement each other. People have been watching Pleiades for a very, very long period of time. If you hold your thumbnail up at the end of your arm to the Pleiades, it just covers your thumbnail. And the, our ancient ancestors knew that the Pleiades moved one thumbnail every 100,000 years because they named the Pleiades to reflect that. They also knew that the Pleiades moved around the central star, Alcyon, without the group. Do you know the Pleiades, guys? Yeah, the Seven Sisters. The Seven Sisters, which is its proper name, yeah. Yeah. Um, they move around a central star. So over 100,000 years, the plough will disintegrate as a constellation. In 100,000 years, it will not look like this right. at, at all. So I'll, I have a, a page here that I'll, I don't know whether I'll be able to find it quickly. I'll try and find it. No, way. I can't find it now. So I'll go over to numbers. Um, so the plough will um, change over 100,000 years because the, the stars move. Right. And the only stars that don't move um, became the, the, the frame of reference for ancient ancestors, our ancient ancestors to chart the heavens. Ah, and, so there, and, there, and there were reasons why they did that. They, they were interested in understanding how the heavens behave because it actually affected them in their day-to-day -day lives. Not only was it the only way they could tell the time, but it also had major impacts on their ability to grow crops, husbands, their livestock, and um, avoid the calamities of periodic um, events that came from the heavens, which we don't really have these days. We haven't had a long enough history to understand the the, the effects of the heavens and also some of the effects that our ancient ancestors experienced are not repeating anymore. So they, they had the experiences, I'm sure of it. They named the planets to reflect um, the experiences they witnessed from the planets. Hugh, you're going to have to come back and do uh, an episode on the Zodiac with us. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I'll, I'll um, send you some material over and then you can have a look at it all yeah 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 sounds fascinating so i'm i'm just um i'm just going to stop sharing for a moment cool 
Oh, wow, look at that. That's amazing. That's a weird uh, <laughs> artifact. There we go. That's better. Okay, so I mean, I sort of wandered off on a, on a number of avenues. Um, I don't know where the where was the questions. Where did it start? Oh, yeah, how did I get into this? So, I mean, as I have discussed and talked now, I've just got drawn more and more into it. And I only started looking at a map. I mean, I have done a lot of background reading and I've got a lot of interest in the subject, but um, I've now written close to a 1,000 pages over three books and um, half a million words. So does, um, going back to the origin of numbers, is is the theory that in order to, to plot the stars and the constellations, you need a sophisticated numerical system? If you're going to start marking out precession of the equinoxes, 25,000-year cycles, you, you can't do it with dabs on a wall. So is yes, that was that cat, is that the catalyst then for the um, the development of n- numeracy? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll go back to sharing, and then we'll look at uh, maybe the origin of numbers. How about that? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So um, I, I'll go back to sharing and ask. Is it back to okay? We're back. So uh, this, this is the start of my book, The Origin of Numbers. So um, I'll get on to this sort of like the first pages. So I'd written The Origin of, Zo- of the Zodiac, which you've just referred to, and I've showed you some of the original uh, thoughts behind it. And I've currently been writing, just finished writing The Origin of Time. And I did a megalithomania uh, lecture on, which was basically the premise the, for The Origin of Time. And I started writing Origin at Time, and it became um, extremely um, intricate. And as a, se- as a sort of a step between these two books, I realized that the only way you could go from just defining the, the Zodiac, which is, seems actually more simple, to, actually, to um, defining the concepts of time in all its forms... So our ancient ancestors were similar people to us. They had a similar brain size. They could have had a conversation like you and I are having now today. And um, they conceptualized time in all its forms, not just the tick-tock of time passing in the moment. Mm. They conceptualized time in a spiritual sense of the community and the individual soul of how it's um, came from something, it had a mortal existence and went to be something else. I'm not going to talk about the origin of time this evening. And they also had a sense of time in terms of their own creation of humanity. And they'd experienced a number of cataclysms and other events from space. And they were trying to put it all into perspective, just as we would today if we had to experience those things. So they needed a robust numeric system. They had been watching the stars for 100,000 years in the slides I've just shown. They knew that some stars were fixed over that period of time, let's say 50,000 years, and they knew that some 
uh, like the Pleiades and the four corner stars on the ecliptic. And they knew that some stars changed over that period of time, like the plough will change over 50,000 years, 100,000 years, which is a great shame because I love the plough. But it will go. Yeah. And in 25,000 years, the stars will need remapping again. And that we are told that is what Enoch did. We are told he went to chart the heavens because um, humanity had got to a point where it needed to be done again. We'd just come out of a very difficult period in history, ice ages and things like that, and humanity was on the resurgence and it needed to have this um, system of society re-established and it may well have already been established in Gwyneth previously I am one of my claims is that the uh, star maps of Gwyneth is circa 5500 BCE which is roughly um or 5000 BCE um the time of Enoch we um and I'm using uh magnetic records in the rocks that um, give us the Noah flood circa 4000 BCE, which is 6,000 years ago. Wow. So, I'm, I'm just... so, so you're, not, you're not in line with the Younger Dryas flood then? Are you, you're thinking there was a flood since the Younger Dryas and uh, yes. Common Era? Yes, there was, yeah. Which, have you, um, have you got a, you know, a perspective culprit? Like uh, the theory of volcanic eruption or anything like that? Yeah, I have, I have, but it's beyond the scope of my work, and okay. that would need a, a different, uh, different discussion. Fair enough. And I, just... I will be, I will be tackling this in the in a, a, a another another work. But there was, yeah. uh, in the terms of um, human evolution that's given to us in mythology, there was a great cataclysm circa twelve thousand years ago, which is equivalent to the Younger Dryas. Right. And another about six thousand years ago. Yeah. Something and that I that... want so much. Sorry, uh, Hugh. Something that I think people would like to know about. Just why you've got this page up is you've got this this history page here with these uh, Brahmi numerals, and it says that the origin of numbers numerals is dated to four hundred BC, which is younger than Pythagoras. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't write that. Um, I just um, cited it from Wikipedia. Um, Wikipedia is a useful place to start because it is a common place where people can go. They know how to use it quite easily, and there's a lot of material there. But sometimes we need to think beyond um, the narrative we've been given. So Brahmi numerals, which um, I think were from somewhere in uh, Asia, um, we're given as the um, origin of our numbers, circa 400 BCE. And it, it just does not bear credibility that a people could chart the heavens and um, measure a procession of um, the equinoxes, axial tilt over 25,800 years, or, profession, or procession of obliquity over 41,000 years. With, I mean, there, there doesn't even seem to be an awful lot of coherency in those Brahma, Brahma numerals we've been given. And, um, you know, I have sympathies with those people who are trying to suggest an origin, um, but 
I don't agree with them. So I've only pr provided this as an example of the poverty of the explanations we have to date. So as I went from the origin of the Zodiac to the origin of time, I realized that our ancient ancestors needed a more robust measurement system for, to, to measure the heavens. And um, my great breakthrough came with numbers, with the number four. So I'll just go down to number four and share that with you. So um, in each, in each um, number, I, I do an introduction. I show how the number has developed in terms of its name and compare that to how that name has evolved into all the different uh, languages that have followed on. Right. And um, so we saw this image on the last screen share. Um, it is the four corners on the ecliptic. Sorry, just repeat that. You broke, up a, you broke up a second. Yeah, okay. We saw this image on the last uh, screen share, which is the um, top-down view of the northern hemisphere um or it's the north the stars of the northern hemisphere and uh these are the four stars on the ecliptic the four royal stars that are fixed on the ecliptic now our ancient ancestors saw that the Pleiades moved as a group kept kept together as a group over a hundred thousand years they they saw that the the um the cloud changed shape over a hundred thousand years and so would need to be remapped as a constellation to refer to. But they also saw that these four stars on the ecliptic were fixed. And the Persians called the, them the royal stars, mm. which is from the Welsh chrial, which means chief or fixed. And they are Regulus in Leo, Antares in Scorpio, Fomalhaut, now in Pisces or Strinus, but probably originally just as a single star constellation. And Aldebaran in Taurus, just above Orion. Now, these stars don't move a lot, relatively speaking, to all the other stars. And with the pole star, which does go around the locus of the pole star, over the course of a precessionary cycle, which then the centre of the ecliptic is held within the coils of Draco. With these four corner stars and the pole star make a three-dimensional shape that is fixed. And within the consideration of the heavens, when you have a fixed frame in a moving framework or in, in a moving um, set of circumstances, you can use that fixed framework to um, identify and measure everything else. So this became extremely valuable. And it was whilst doing the research for the origin of time that I realized the number four with the observer in the center was looking at the four stars on the ecliptic at roughly 90 degree angles in the cardinal directions and the pole star. 
because the number four does not have four lines. It only has three lines. It does not have four points. It has five points. So why is it that shape? So I, I started building the hypothesis what the number four was. Are you still there, guys? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm just checking that the feed is still okay. It's kind of a crazy question to ask yourself, isn't it? Why does the number four look the way it does? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've always sort of wondered about it and all the other numbers, and especially when compared to the Brahmi numerals and Roman numerals. You know, you can understand why Roman numerals are how, how they are. That's really obvious. It's their fingers, isn't it? Yeah, right. and they just developed a number system. And, you know, lots of people have done different number systems. But why is this number four? We were told that Arabic numerals came, which is what our numbers are called, came to Europe from the Arabs. I've got a lot of respect for the Arabs. They maintained the history of uh, astronomy through the Dark Ages when we had uh, large forces trying, trying to not allow us to look at the stars or think independently. They carried forward those ancient thoughts. Right. And perhaps they did bring it to, to Europe in the sort of like five, six, seven hundreds AD or CE, I should say, because Europe was primarily using Roman numerals. But it doesn't mean it originated there. And there's no explanation in Arabic. But there is an explanation here. And it's, it uses the Welsh language, which is the living um, example of ancient British. That's just a term I've invented. Um, it's uh, partly um, a fact that England or Britain and Wales is an island, and so we've not had lots of different communities coming across our entire nation. Okay, we've had quite a lot of new um, uh, migrations to Britain, but it hasn't completely overwhelmed Britain like some countries have been. Now, even the, um, the Christianity and the Dark Ages did not penetrate deeply into some parts of Britain, which allowed us to maintain that history, whereas a lot of people lost their history. Do we have um, the Druids to thank for a lot of this, you think, and uh, Anglesey? We do, have, we do have the Druids, and that's a little bit off subject. So um, <laughs> I've, got, I, I've got a Druid I know very well in Gwyneth. So wow. I do check um, with him. Uh, he's called Lawrence Maine. Does he, so, does he do uh, podcasts? He would do podcasts, yeah. <coughs> we've never had a, I don't think we've ever had a druid, have we? Not knowingly, no. No. Oh, oh we, might, we, might, we might be on to you for that, Hugh, afterwards. Mm. Okay. But so anyway. there is, um, that's number four. And one side sort of thought, well, four, I've just, I've, the sort of light bulb went on in my head. I thought, well, can this be a can this be a fluke? You know, am I sure? I've got to check myself. Mm. You know, I'm using my professional training. I'm not. I'm not. I've spent my lifetime investing in my uh, in in people believing what I say. I'm not just going to mess it all up now. So anyway, um, I'll just finish up on number four here. 
So pedwar, which is the Welsh word, ancient British word for four, and as I said, it's a, it's a, a term I've developed, ancient British. It's, it's also called common Britonic. And I think these these terms are sort of like to hide and to discourage ordinary people to think about it. So I've tried to make it simple. Ancient British um, survived in Britain as language before the great Noah flood. And it may be the common language that evolved out of the last human um, minimum. So ped is made of two words. It means four. Ped is a foot or a point or a step. Hwa is a turn. So immediately we have the four turning points on the ecliptic. Yeah. And hwa, tur, becomes quarter. Hwa can become fulwa as well. And some of these words are a little bit of a stretch to see the links, but, you know, words change over long periods of time. Uh, it's not that long ago that we were saying things like, ye are the the oldie, manny, shoppy, thingy bob. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, only a couple of centuries. You know, and that's, that's weeks, not that long ago. <laughs> so, you know, the verbal traditions actually preserved this extremely long. So the next um, step for me was to... Um, realize that the number one was important so we'll go up and look at number one the monad so there is the number one so we see and we still when you look in um written work um or printed work the number one has a nose and a base Mm -hmm. we normally draw number one just a straight line as people but it is still preserved in this format, and um, these are all the foreign languages for one. Um, and I realised that it, if it had a celestial context, then the the vertical line was an axis of rotation. The horizontal line was the, a plane on which the axis rotation was um, uh, built with reference to. And the nose was important. And I conceptualize this as the plane of the equatorial the celestial equator, which is it's not identical to the ecliptic, but for the intense purposes that we need, you can assume them to be the same because you're just defining the constellations, really. Um, the, north, uh, the, 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 the upright stem is the north polar axis and the, um, the nose is the prime longitude. And once you've set this frame of reference, you can use it with the number four to define any point in the heavens. And we still use this ancient system today. We call it right ascension and declination. And the word one comes from the Welsh word an, and we have an apple to mean one apple. Um which means to contain and it contains the universe and the Sumerian god Anu was the god that contained the universe as did Uranus, Wodan 
Brannas. In the ancient British tradition, he was called Bellymore. And um, Bella is a wolf. And here you can see Odin with his wolves. Um, so these gods here were the container gods. Even Amun, which is a Greek representation of Amun, the Egyptian god that created the universe, comes from the same origin. So. I was just thinking... <coughs> Sorry, excuse me, Hugh. I was just thinking, Hugh, you know the nose on the one... Yeah. Uh, I was just wondering if that could be related to the um, the change in our, our polar, I forget the term for it now, but it's, it's roughly 23 and a half degrees or something, but it, it does it does change over like like a 40,000 year. Yeah, that's precession of obliquity. obliquity. The angle of, of, of obliquity changes, yeah, over 41,000 years. Yeah, I mean, it might do... Um, I think it's like uh, when when you when you um, have celestial coordinates for a star, you say right ascension. That's the number of hours away from the zero longitude, just like we have longitude and latitude on the on the on the surface of the planet. We need right. something similar up in the celestial heavens. And Otherwise, so- you can't you can't you've got to have a start point. And I'm guessing a prime longitude would be helpful if you were trying to sort of conduct geodesy and map things out and try and figure out what this ball is and how big it is and whatnot, having yeah. that prime meridian. So that's why they that's why they conceptualised conceptualized one. Two is um, the rising of the sun. So um, You've got to think of it from the perspective of our ancient ancestors. How would you conceptualise the universe? What would you start with? Well, first off, you you have to start with the fact that the universe was contained and has a rotational axis and um, some sort of reference system. That's the first thing. you, You can't really start with time because you need time to be con- contained within something. Got you. There's no point there's no point defining time if you ha- don't have a frame of reference. So I'm I'm sorry to jump back and forth, but I'll go back to screen share. Mm-hmm. Now I'm getting the hang of it. <laughs> it's coming in, in a minute. Oh, Number two. Oh, it's the sun. So num- <laughs> number two is the sun. And the flat base of the two represents the horizon. We're now observers on Earth. This is the rising of the sun to noon and then the setting of the sun. And that's what two means. In Welsh, the word for two and God is phonetically identical. Do. And this is the root for Deus in Latin, Dux in French, and all the other all the other languages. And there is meaning in this because de is the right and south. And if you uh, face the sunrise in the northern hemisphere, the sun rises 
and goes to your right. That's my right hand, although you can see it's my left. And then to the to the um, top of the heavens and back down again, just as we see here. And the W suffix at the end of the word, du, creates a name. So du is the name of the sun god. And that is the name, that is the origin of one of the words for God. And once you've conceptualized the universe as something with spatial attributes, you can actually then define time. And how do you define time within that context? The first thing you have to do to define time is to define the moment passing moment tick-tock of time, which is the sun, which is why the sun is number two. Once you've defined the uh, spatial context for time to exist and the moment, momentary uh, transition of time from one, one moment to the next, the next thing you have to define is time in all its scales. Otherwise, everything else is meaningless. And that is what the number three is. Um, the number three is uh, the Milky Way, and it's the spiritual plane, the mortal plane, spiritual plane, mortal plane, and the underworld. Now, the underworld is not hell. That is a modern construct designed to coerce people to behave in a certain manner. In ancient, the ancient world, it was indeed a trial, but it was not something to be feared. It was the last journey. And on the Milky Way is the spirit of everything. And there is a name for that. So it's called Arwen. And um, it's the spirit of our ancestors. It floods into the mortal world. It fills our lives. It is the spirit of our souls as we are born um, our so as we it our inflows into the mortal world enriching us and then as we pass we go and join our ancestors and that is the number three and I explain what all these flat bits the sloping bit the round bit it's all explained and once uh, this is the next most important thing to define to understand the heavens because now you have the framework or the concept of space, the moment, momentary movement of time, and also the time on all other scales, the past, the spiritual world, the present, the mortal world, and the future, the underworld. Once you define those three things, you can now define the rest of the heavens with, with certainty. So we're going to go on to four, and we have the fixed points. Right, yeah, over the, cross. the period, Over the changing periods, with which then you can define all the constellations. And then we go on to number five. 
which are the five visible planets that go along the ecliptic. And by monitoring those five planets, and uh, that's what the shape of the number five and the name of the number five means, um, you can measure time on a moment-by-moment -moment basis and uh, then scale backwards and scale forwards because each of the planets has a different period. There's, there's the number five with the different planets on the different parts of it as viewed from Earth. <coughs> so I'm going to stop sharing now. Oh, you, that's uh, numbers one to five. Oh, that's very interesting. Uh, just while you had the planets up, you were telling me about Jupiter before. Yes. And uh, that, that got my, you got my attention. You were suggesting that and maybe Jupiter hasn't been around that long. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I, will, I will share a page from um, my book, The Origin of Time. Oh, sneak preview. It's not even out yet, folks. It's <laughs> not a sneak preview because it's, it's, uh, it's explained better on it. Right. Because uh, it kind of plays into the mythology, you know. Uh, well, if you say, take Greek mythology, you've got like uh, Kronos and then you've got the Titans and then Zeus comes or Jove, Jupiter, Zeus comes and he takes over, becomes yeah. the supreme god and Jupiter's the supreme planet in, in our solar system. So it kind of ties in that uh, Zeus or Jupiter is a, a newcomer in that sense. But okay, so I'm going to share, I'm going to share the screen now. So. Wicked. So this is a sneak preview when it comes up. I can see yeah, the feed now. There she blows. This, this is a sneak preview from my book, The Origin of Time, which is at the current at printers at the moment. I'm to do a final review. So you can see here on the left how the the planets in different constellations. When you when you can place the planets in the constellations. Because of their period, their orbits, they are, it gives a unique time. So when I did this um, shot here for the Megalithomania conference, it was May the 8th, 2022. Right. And this time is a unique time in history. And it's five quarters of the moon, Venus and Jupiter in Pisces, Mars and Saturn in Aquarius. It doesn't need a start date like we need one today, 2022. This is absolute time, not not relative time. Yeah. And our ancient ancestors designed this. And here are the here are the greater luminaries and planets. Uh, so Mercury is the the name for uh, Mercury, which is where Mercury comes from. It means the quickest, most erratic, and it has the um, the movement around the sun is the, the one that goes backwards and forwards the most erratically. So here you can see Earth's observer. This may be the um, the orbit around the sun, and this is Mars going backwards and forwards like a you know something on a bit of elastic. Uh, Venus is Gwenna. And since the, the uh, since the Romans couldn't say Gwena very well, and they wanted to have their own idiosyncratic 
um, phonetic alphabet, they just said Benus. But Gwenna comes from uh, the brightest and also meaning a smile. Gwen is smile, which is where we get the lady's name from. And um, Venus is the only planet that we can see visibly has phases like the moon. There's the phase on the moon. There's moon in the half phase. Venus is the only planet that we can see from Earth with phases. So there's Earth's perspective again and Venus's inner orbit. There is the moon, sun, and there is Earth. This is the symbol for Earth. That's our view with four cardinal directions and either the apparent movement of the sun around us or just, just a circle to enclose the planet. Um, Mars um, is, from, uh, is mouth in Welsh, which is actually what it is called in Etruscan, which is where the Romans oh. got it from. Get even even the Romans even the Romans tell us it is not uh, it's from the Etruscans and in ancient Latin it's called Maoth. and it means the greatest but also Ma is a point and um, it may mean that it was a point above us more consistently than it is now and that may be the explanation of this this sign that will be explained more in a future work of mine. Jupiter um, is the modern name for the, for the planets. The Romans called it Jove, and it's from EI, which means the juvenile or the youngest planet. And there is um, a hypothesis, and I've linked it down here in the notes, that when Schultz's star passed through our solar system 70,000 years ago, coincidentally the time of the last human bottleneck, yeah. that Saturn, oh, sorry, Jupiter was captured into our solar system. And that's this is the symbol for Jupiter being captured into our perspective from Earth. Wow. And Saturn means the steadiest Saturn is fixed, that is turning. And this is the symbol for Saturn from the perspective of Earth being spun out of our immediate vicinity. That's my interpretation to answer your question. That's kind of terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> kind of why, is that why is that terrifying? Why? Because um, just having to live it, through that. As you said, as you said, sorry to cut across you, Phil. Yeah. As you said, it, it explains all the ancient myth. And they created this ancient myth to tell us. They didn't do it for a laugh. Yeah. And it's been preserved. Do you, uh, it has been because it was the most important thing they could tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever, have you ever read The Keys to Avalon? Came out about twenty years ago. Uh, I don't think I have. No. Um, it's it's about King Arthur. I think you'd really like it. But um, it's like an alternative history book, and they talk about 
Britain being essentially Wales, and it rewrites the Norman Conquest, and uh, it uses a lot of place names in and around the, uh, well, well, you're talking Gwynedd, Anglesey, this sort of area. I think it'd be right up your alley. But, um, yeah, well, I mean, I have really tried to read a, a very vast amount to research this, yeah. and some, some of it I've had to read several times. For it to make sense, you know, even the Bible you need to read several times over. You can't just read it once off. But yeah, I, and it's a balance. You've got to, uh, now. I've been doing my work. I want to get my work out, so I can't read everything. And but yeah, send me a link, and I'd I'd like to read it. Well, yeah, you, you pick it up on eBay for a couple of quid. Um, Hugh, right. we've we've done over an hour already. Um, links are in the show notes, folks. If you want to follow up. Um, you mentioned your YouTube channel. People can see your videos there and the website and buy the book. Is there anything else you feel you want to get off your chest before we wrap things up or anywhere else you need to send people or or what? Not really. Um, I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to share my work. Um, I've written two books now, The Origin of the Zodiac and The Origin of Numbers. They're both on my website, theoriginofthezodiac.com. I'm just about to publish The Origin of Time, which is a complement to both books. And I'm uh, uploading um, complementing articles to YouTube that are not necessarily in the books. And it gives people a flavour of, you know, um, the, the methodology, my techniques, and they can get a sense where they think they, they that's up their alley. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I think we should. I think we should sign off for this part. Mm. Um, it's been great. Great to meet you, Hugh. Really enjoyed your uh, yes. Thanks, chaps. Thank stuff. you. Hugh. And um, like I said, links in the show notes, folks. Buy the books. I'm going to yeah. get one. I'm getting the time one. Right. As soon as it comes out, but I'm going to get the numbers one <laughs> first. Right. Okay. Yeah. Treat yourself. Right. Uh, you'll have to sing the the theme tune, boys, because the uh, the tablet's broken. Dude. Stay on the line for us for one minute while we play ourselves out, Hugh. Keep going. Okay. And uh, the, you lot watching, we'll see you in part two in 15 minutes or so. You know, I was, I was totally winding you up. <laughs> Got ya. See you in a bit, folks. Part two. Right then, we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of mindfulness. That was our chat with Hugh Evans. Yes. Author of The Origin of Numbers. Mm. And, uh, you know, we, we were all over it, shot, weren't we? We were talking about the origin of constellations and the origin of time. Loads of bonus. Yeah. The Welsh Empire. Yes. Well, the uh, the ancient British. Mm. Uh, it, it ties in with some stuff I've read um, back in the day. Yeah. About... Uh, you know, like the Druids were the purveyors of knowledge and like well, Caesar wrote about them. And he wrote about them like the people in northern France going over to Anglesey to get trained. Oh. And uh, it's down there. You can, I've got the uh, big JC book. Not that oh, JC. Yeah. Julius so Caesar book there. He's a prolific author, old Julius. And uh, quite the PR wizard. Wow. He would like send all these letters home, these writings home while he was gallivanting around Gaul. 
forever. Yeah, and doing his own sort of PR. Think about it. He'd have had his hand full, hands full. Fucking hell, <laughs> filling potholes and shit, and all the other stuff you have to Ooh, do. Oh, the you? potholes are bad at the moment. Aren't they? <laughs> sure, I nearly split the car in half today. Bad news. Yeah, felt like it. Have you could fix your your car yet? No, no. It, next next week. Also, oh, it's fixable. Yeah, any clutch. You told me last week. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, I are to... you going to do it? No, no. <laughs> thought about it. No. And then thought, no. So I'm not watching more than two YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> no. you probably end up like this. Can see you there. On your, on your, on your roller, on your yeah. roller bed, <laughs> under the car. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In the air tonight, in the background on radio, long wave. Mm. I mean, it's, it's a prophecy, almost. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> destined to be a disaster yeah and no, i'll get a man in get a man in that's what you need to do yeah. yeah yeah you might find someone on the element server i need to tell you about element i've used element every single morning for over three years now it is the way i start every single day it tastes fantastic <laughs> you know a tasty element server yeah oh anyway links in the show notes have we said we're back yeah yeah done all oh, that yeah fucking hell we're back man <laughs> I'm, I'm peeking hard on the mic. Something's changed in OBS. We had a Windows oh, yeah. update, and uh, mm. it seems very sensitive. What I need to do very quickly, right, is go to audio into input <laughs> capture, <laughs> and uh, you know, just increase a pad. I need to put like a, a 7 dB pad or something on. I've got 7.5, and maybe. Well, that's still peaking. Pad. No, that's better. There we go. Yeah, so, it was red. It was red for. We, Large parts. Can you just click on the DB and it'll you change it automatically in there? Just where yeah. it says DB, yeah. No, that, well, uh, see, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? If only it was Apple. <laughs> hey, it's free software. What do you expect? Yeah, free. Yeah. Anyway, uh, links in the show notes. Follow Hugh, follow his YouTube channel, buy his books, and uh, support YouTube. YouTube. Follow yeah. Hugh's YouTube channel. And support independent authors and uh, creators. Otherwise, they go away. Yeah. Right. Not, we're not doing that. <laughs> what should we do? Uh, Some headlines. Fuck. <laughs> Some headlines. Headlines of the week. I've got three. I've got a triad. I've got a trinity of headlines. You know, we only do two these days. Special. Come see. Sometimes maybe good. Sometimes maybe shit. Number one, AI-generated nonsense about rats with giant penis published in leading scientific journal. Wow. Yeah, a prominent scientific journal has officially retracted an article featuring an AI-generated image of a rat with large genitals <laughs> alongside strings of nonsensical gibberish words. Wow. Uh, we're going to have to see it, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> this was pub- peer-reviewed and published. Look how happy he is. Look how they spelt dick. <laughs> Retard. <laughs> they, they Disliced. T- yeah, yeah, his penis was disliced. They labelled oh they labelled rat correctly. Yeah. R-A-T. I'm just throwing up an image here of uh, from the from the journal. Yeah, I like the spermatocial stem cells. Sen- this is terrifying. Sen-tolic stem cells. <laughs> What's going on? And, uh, What's the giant testicle? Well, yeah, it I reads mean, like a L'Oreal advert. 
hyaluronic acid. <laughs> yeah. You would think one of the peer, peer reviewers would have questioned whether rats have four testicles, <laughs> like this one, including one giant one. <laughs> That's the king testicle. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just leave that up for a minute just so you can enjoy it. Um, yeah, so, uh, though, uh, though some major journals already, already <laughs> reigning, in the pra- reigning in the practice, researchers worry unchecked use of AI tools could promote inaccurate findings and potentially deal <laughs> reputational damage to institutions and researchers. Now, this was made on mid-journey, you see, and then they just put it in their, in their scientific paper. The numbering uh, is great. Two, five, four. <laughs> 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 <coughs> Um, the AI-generated images appeared in a paper published earlier this week in the journal Frontiers in Cell and Developmental Biology. Oh, that uh, rag. Yeah, that old rag. The three researchers who are from Zhang Honggui Hospital and Zhang Zhaotong University were investigating current research relating to sperm stem cells of small mammals. It's a pretty big mammal, if you ask me. As part of the paper, the researchers... Um, included an illustration of a cartoon rat with a phallus towering over its own body. Labels appeared beside the rat with incoherent words like testom cells, disisliced, and duck. <laughs> <laughs> the researchers openly acknowledged they used Midjourney's AI image generator to produce the image in text uh, accompanying the figure. Um, it was followed up by three more figures purportedly depicting complex signaling pathways Though these initially appeared less visually jarring than the animated rat, they were similarly surrounded by nonsensical AI-generated gibberish. I'll leave it there. I mean, it goes on, but... That's great. It's amazing that that got peer-reviewed and published in a scientific journal. That's my favourite picture. It's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, there's so many journals. There's, like, thousands of them. And, you know, there's just no way people have the time to read the articles... Yeah, Ever. A lot of people who are paid to read the articles won't be paid a lot and probably won't do a good job. No. There's something called the, uh, is it called the reproducity, uh, uh, re- reprodu- reproducibility crisis? Mm. Did you read that in an AI generated image? I probably have. <laughs> that's how it <laughs> came out of my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> that's how it came out of my mouth. It's something like 40 or 50% of peer reviewed papers or dissertations can't be reproduced. Yeah. Have you heard about it? Well, yeah, you, you hear about that all the time, don't you? You start looking into research and stuff that, you, you, yeah, quite often you can't reproduce it, um, especially in social sciences and things like that, because there's a, the massive onus is is finding a a, a a positive result. So everything's like this: prove my hypothesis. And as soon as you um, don't do that, you, you're scuppered, aren't you, within the community, basically? So the other thing as well is like the, the amount of um, uh, what's the word? Statistical analyses that you can put it through in order to find a result that somehow m- makes you correct is unbelievable. Yeah. As well, <laughs> that's the other thing. So, but you know, such is life. Well, the journal has since issued a full retraction, saying the article does not meet frontier standards of editorial and scientific rigor. Any more. <laughs> no. In an accompanying blog post, Frontiers said it had removed the article and the AI generated figures within it uh, from its database, quote, to protect the integrity of the scientific record. Thank God. Well, it just throws into question, doesn't it? What else has been published? It's like I quite 
you know, I quite enjoy that Chris Williamson podcast. Mm. But him and his guest are constantly referencing... I saw a study that came out last week that said that 40% of uh, millennials, when they engage in dating, and I just think, 50-50, that's bullshit, mate. (laughs) 50-50 is bullshit, so why why am I listening to it? Yeah, you know, true. People want to draw conclusions from this shit research that we're swimming through. I suppose the, the counter to that is that there are probably more reputable... Uh, scientific rags than frontiers science. Is it? Has it got a rep for being a bad one? I don't know. No, I I imagine that like nature is a one penis, penis, penis. Which is the one um, that retracted the the story about the origins of COVID nineteen? Oh, I don't know. It wasn't nature. It was the other big medical one. BMJ science it wasn't BMJ. But, you know, no. you would think, maybe I'm, you know, uh, being too optimistic. The Lancet. Ah, Lancet. That uh, if you have more resource, there's more oversight. Whereas, you know, I get the vibe with some of the, like, when I was doing stuff for my degree or whatever, or other stuff that I've done, I would be finding fucking articles from the arse end of nowhere to support your hypothesis. So I could say, so I could say this one sentence basically <laughs> in an essay. I knew I was just pulling it out from you know 1966, fucking photocopied five times, and the so same, on and so forth. Same goes with books. You know, when you read mm-hmm. non-fiction books and you have all these references, mm-hmm. and the same thing. You know, people pull references that support their ideas, their yeah. idea, their overarching idea. Mm. Echo so, chamber. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. That's why you've got to do the, read widely. Got to read it? wide. Read widely. So when are we starting our own scientific journal? <laughs> what are we going to call <laughs> it? Frontiers of... Let's call it one of them rat rat names. Testocules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 The findings of... What's the... Uh, <laughs> Spermatocial stem cells. The centolic record. <laughs> what about this one? Iolot serotgomar cell. <laughs> Sounds fucking cling on that. What's the army? Enterprise. He group. Evek Edgeveyita. Kapla. Elat Setrom Gumarsel. It could. It could be in there. All right. Anything to add? We move on. No, I was just going to say that the the the, yes, the, the paper could be. Um, what do the Amish do when they when they're allowed to taste real life? Rumsfrangers. Go on the rums. Oh, we've got that one. Used that one already. <laughs> Hmm. What else did they do? Not much. Barn raising. No. I'm <laughs> saying love is dead. Care home residents <laughs> eagerly open Valentine's Day cards, only to discover they are from a chain of undertakers. Wow! Can you I read believe that, that? I read that as under knickers for some reason. Care home residents were overjoyed at being sent Valentine's Day cards only to discover they were from a chain of undertakers. The elderly recipients eagerly opened the cards decorated with a red heart and a pink bow. But many were... Windy pops, sorry. But many were baffled to read the message inside which said, quote, Sent with love from T.H. Sanders and Sons. Angry relatives say the stunt was an insensitive attempt to woo new customers and accused staff at the home of helping to bring it about because the cards were unstamped. 
and slipped delivered. him a tenner. Tenner? Four, four more than that, surely, for Undertakers. Um, £40. Pounds. Mm. I would think I would think so, yeah. Dear Gladys, happy Valentine's Day. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> How tall are you? Me? <laughs> no, Gladys. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> one, outrage on, son, one outrage son is now planning to move his mum, who is in her 80s. He said, <laughs> Luckily, we managed to hide it away before mum could see it, as it would have been devastating. Imagine most of these ladies... Could have finished are, her off. Well, most of these women... Well, maybe that was the plan. Yeah. Imagine most of these residents will be widows. So then to get a Valentine's Day card out of the blue. Mm. It's appalling for a funeral directors to be trying to attract new customers by targeting vulnerable elderly people. The cards were given out at Whitegate Care Centre in the village of Laleham near Staines in Surrey. Relatives say many of the residents are frail and easily muddled. Another family member said... This would have caused some great confusion, upset and disappointment as often as they... As often... Stains? As, as often they are here after losing their lifelong partners. <laughs> Carol Easton of the Centre for Aging Better Foundation said, This is an utterly appalling stunt. This is what uh, piqued my interest. Prices at the 31-bed home start at £1,300. Fucking hell. A week. That's that's cheap. I remember me nan paying twelve hundred twelve hundred quid a week, and that was like what six, eight years ago nearly. Wow! And that was... stick him in a travel lodge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it insisted. Um, oh, this is the uh, care home. I think we're, we're deeply embedded with the within the local community. And we value the support and engagement of all our neighbours, including T H Sanders. Residents were thrilled to receive the Valentine's Day cards and they all had a lovely day celebrating. T8 Sanders has nine branches and is part of the Dignity Group, which said... Dignitas. We, <laughs> we, we deeply regret any un, unintended distress. Yeah, I thought that was quite amusing. Hang but. on. How much would it cost to set up a care home? Perhaps now with 31 bets, but 1,300 quid a week. Yeah, you can't get the staff, though. You're yeah, making wh- bank. What you hear is they're all crumbling <clears throat> through mm. lack of funds. Mm. They're all going out of business. That's what I've been hearing in news, care home, the care sector and care homes. Well, you can't, yeah, you can't recruit anyone to do it. It's all minimum it's wage. AI, AI it? comes in, just get a rat with a massive cock to do the sponge baths or whatever. I mean, you're, we're, we're all stuffed anyway, aren't we? With the population collapse. <laughs> What, what do you mean? mean? <laughs> what do I mean? What do I mean? There's gonna be there's gonna be too many of us to look after. Are you retarded? How's that work? Because there's too many of us, and not, mean, not, not enough younger people to care for us. Collapsing birth rate. Yeah. So like Japanese are going to be extinct in <laughs> fifty years. Yeah, basically. Yeah. DARPA <laughs> servant robots. That's what. That's what's going to help us. DARPA. Bum wiping, but I don't think there'll even be enough people to repair the robots. Yeah, if they broke down. Mm. Yeah, we, we, well, I don't know. How are we going to get out of it? Orgies, mass uh, immigration. That's what's going to happen. It's already happening. Yeah, you see what's happening in in the on the southern border border in the United States. No, no, they put children in cages, don't they? Apparently. Oh, gosh, that's two years ago, man. 
Has it moved on since then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's open border essentially now. Right, okay. But um, what happened was Texas started um, shipping them to these sanctuary cities. You right. know, these these left-wing-run cities like New York and Chicago and what's that. Uh, we're, we're sanctuary cities. The mayor of New York was at a press conference last week saying, if you don't stop, New York City is going to be destroyed. <laughs> Why? We right. can't afford to house these people, change, change their bedding. We've right. nowhere to put them. <clears throat> okay. Because they've, they've just sending, they're sending like 10,000 a week there. Wow. Because there's like hundreds of thousands coming constantly. Mm. But... I don't know. I don't know why it's happening. Robots. People want a better life, don't they? And they see oh, yeah. coming to a, a... I was listening to, I think it was Unheard. They had a guy, uh, 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 a reporter in Mexico. Mm. And he was saying that like these professionals in, in South America were paying, I think it was 16 grand to be taken by the coyotes over the border. Uh, what? The Dogs. smugglers, the smugglers, they call them coyotes. Right, okay. I don't, oh not, not down with the lingo. Well, why would you not just get a first, you could get a first class flight for that. I have a passport. But it's a, a the green card issue, isn't it? Tourist. You don't need a green card to go to the US for a holiday. Can I get a job there? Aren't you going over there to get jobs? They're, Better they're jobs. going illegally over the border. They're being smuggled by criminal gangs, the cartels over the border. Over the border. They're paying the cartel 16 grand to smuggle them over the southern border. Oh, yeah. And then Why not else. just get a flight for the, for less than 16 grand? That's what I didn't understand. I don't know. Yeah. And a tourist visa, visa and then just go and claim asylum or whatever they do. It's wild. But I don't know. That's a bit of a weird one, isn't it, when you that think of weird. it like that? Why are they paying so much? How the, car, how the Unless it's, cartels can get away with charging that much? It's like the care homes. <laughs> Access to passports, maybe. He was talking about professionals, people like dentists. Well, maybe that. Why wouldn't they have passports? Maybe there's an issue. Maybe he's a cartel dentist. Maybe. Anyway, let's move on then. Last one this week. Last headline: Probe into claims of snail farm in old <laughs> British home stores building in Preston. Local. Local news. This is local news, yeah. You requested this one, Matt. <coughs> Did I? I didn't, well, well you said when you were going out for a piss, you said, have you got that story about our uh, snails? Um, I did, yeah. So Why? apparently, so there's an old BHS in, in Preston Town Centre. It's quite a big store, actually, on the main it, high street. Yeah. Is it not something else now? No, it's been boarded up since it went bust. Really? How, how many years ago did it go bust, BHS? I think, I think BHS still owned the lease. Did he? I read. They still have shops in France. La France. La France. Well, apparently what's, what I read, sorry, was someone took over the lease and they were going to open up a world <laughs> buffet, like a thousand-seat buffet in the place. Exclusively oh, selling snails. Well, no, and then that's never come to fruition. And um, apparently, I don't know, what he didn't really explain it in the article, but someone has accused them of the top floor being used as a, an edible snail farm. Shakus! And um, they, the council has said, this this cannot be go on as such, and we need a change of use from food to agricultural ah, retail. To agricultural. A cannabis grow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. We can um, deal with cannabis. We can't deal with snails. So how on earth... 
I don't, there must be some kind of trade entrance, where, um, you know, where they can get sort of all the stuff in. But you would think there would be like vivariums. Just the lettuce, don't you? It'll just be loads of lettuce on the floor and then chip some snails in. Yeah, maybe. Like uh, SEO trot. Tortoise set. Yeah, I know, but same thing, <laughs> isn't it? They just throw them all in. Yeah. And some lettuce leaves. Come in, put some disco lights on. I just thought that was a bizarre it story. Bizarre. It's like fake news, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it AI like, generated? I was just about to say, it's an AI story. Someone's like, <laughs> fuck, I need a story, fuck. A council investigation is underway into claims a former BHS building is being used as a snail farm. The unit on Fishergate in Preston has been empty since the department store chain collapsed in 2016. Preston City Council said it was looking into claims the site had become a breeding ground for edible snails. The local democracy reporting service, whatever the fuck that is, has attempted to uh, contact the firm listed by the land registry as the freehold owner of the building. Two years on from BHS's collapse, planning permission was granted to convert the first floor into a 400-seat Spoon World buffet. Spoon World. Spoon World. That's what our podcast should be called. That sounds yes. fucking great, doesn't it? Yeah. Spoon World. <laughs> Episode 317. Yeah. Did you ever go... Based Sigma Chad. Did you ever go to the Chinese buffet yes. in Preston? Yeah. Yeah. All you can eat, filth. Gross. It, it, both of them closed down, didn't they? Yeah, dysentery, maybe. I don't know. I think it was something to do with hygiene, yeah. Mm. Carry on. That's pretty much it. That's right, okay. the story, you know, it's a licensing issue. They should have uh, requested a change of use I mean, from retail to agriculture. I don't think snails get eaten much in the UK, do they? Less cargo. Yeah, I know, but you would thought you would have thought they were being exported <sighs> somewhere. Maybe Del- they- Delhi France still open. Maybe they've got a, a deal... With Greg's in the office. I know, oh, yeah. Vegan sausage rolls. <laughs> Crunch. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> this is what hard feels like, and that's okay. <laughs> nice. Fits. Yeah. It is okay, isn't it? It is okay. It is okay. <laughs> what the Farage? Mm. Oh, dear. Snail farm. Yeah, yeah it's the weirdest story ever. Yeah, that is definitely... In Lancashire. I've not... Um, written my stories for the week. I'm going to put some words into Ask Claude. That's from the BBC's website, that. Oh, it's gone viral. To... It's gone viral. Has it as well? well like the BBC have picked it up. <clears throat> uh, well, no, the BBC, I found that on my B- BBC feed because they do a lot of local reporting now. <laughs> uh, have they gone like BuzzFeed? Where it's top 10 cats or something. Yeah. Basically, there's a lot more local news on it now, rather than it just being about, you know. <coughs> Have you been on the Lancashire Evening Post website in the last 20 years? It's it's horrendous. Yeah, well, I can't because I can't be bothered clicking through all oh the ads. Oh my God, it's impossible to read anything. Oh, you, what you need to do is find the Daily Motion channel Ooh. and you just get the, the news roundup every day. It's great. That's all you need. Yeah. You I've not found to. anything. I did look this week. Right. And through the week's videos he uploaded, but there was nothing. They did cover the snails. I thought about getting a, a clip for the snails, but... You yeah, know. Time is money. We've got to move on. Mm. Right. Let's see what's uh, coming uh, up uh, next on BBC One. First on BBC One. You'll, you'll...
Housekeeping. Wow. Housekeeping. Fantastic. This is a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider retaining some value. There's a myriad of ways of retaining value. My favourite way, as ever, is word of mouth. Mm. Whether you are online, maybe in Telegram channels, share this shit out. Put the bat signal out when we go live and uh, get more people joining. Mm. Someone, I don't know, one of you mentioned there was seemed to be a lot of people tuning in in part one. Yes. More than normal, yeah. anyway. The chat was lighted. No. Oh, that's a bit it's hot. I was talking and forgot to just finger cut, it. Just, just clutter it off. You, you want to feather it. Zoop. <laughs> 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 So that's my favourite way of uh, helping us out. <laughs> word of mouth. Spreading the word. I like it <clears throat> when people sign up to the newsletter. Yeah. How do you do that, Ben? Well, you have to email us. <laughs> <laughs> it's really simple. Don't make it difficult at all. It's, it's dead easy. It's not inconvenient. No, no. Send an email <laughs> to us at um, thearmachineinquisition at gmail.com. At subscriptions.thearmachine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the subject header, <laughs> type... I require subscription. <laughs> and the following emojis. Shoe. Turtle. Aubergine. Box cutter. <laughs> Karate. Um, yeah. In white text, in the, e- in the body of the email. White, white, yeah. Yeah, highlighted black. Yeah. Yeah. Times New Roman. Pops. Pops and gets my attention. Six. Mm. Yeah, six points. And you get an email. It's called the Rumspringer. It comes out the first of every month, and in there you get uh, a preview who's coming on every month, a little bio and links. You get um, a news article or book review or something. I try to do each month. Um, discount for the merch store, man. Ooh, the Amish loot chest. Store. I know. Yeah, ten percent off at least. A ten percent discount code. Off a hundred pound t-shirt. Yeah, twenty-seven. I don't know what these prices are these days, but <coughs> you are the carbon they want to reduce. That's our latest design, which was used with AI. No giant rats. No. Did you use AI for that? For the boot, yeah. Nice. Did you? Wow. Yeah, I just asked for a, a, the the boot a, the boot of of communism squashing the neck of free carbon. free humans. Wow. Now, uh, bacon nuts, if you're Francis Bacon Nuts. That's not AI, that's a photograph. <laughs> <laughs> mug form. All these, you can get a three weeks to flatten the earth mug as well I as know. a t-shirt, man. That <clears> was, <throat> was made by a leaf from the Big Conspire. That's my favourite design we have 5XL. available. 5XL. Hey, yeah, Matt, Matt, you're, you're modelling literally a communist. Look at your, you have sand up. Um, there you go. Yeah, literally yeah. a communist hoodie there. It's flaking a little bit now, but it is about four years old. Crikey, it's done well, to be honest, hasn't it? Because, yeah. I mean, you're sleeping it every night. Yeah, <laughs> I only washed it four times as well. Yeah. And you can just get the logo on the tee if you like it, mm. if you're into that kind of shit. Play um, it. Sign up to newsletter, get a 10% discount, you get something to keep, and we get a little slice from Teespring. It yeah. all helps. You can always join the Element server. Chris Williamson enjoys Element. To tell you about yeah. Element. I've used Element every single morning for over three years now. It is the way I start every single day. It tastes fantastic. Save Plotland. We've had a few new newbies arrive in Element recently, haven't we? Yeah, that's always yep. nice. I mean, it's quite busy now. I can't really keep up with it, to be honest with you, dipping in and out. No. There's hundreds of messages. I logged in and there was, I had 68 unread messages Holy or something. Shit. I sometimes have 100 unread messages. Oh, wow. Just see what I've got. <laughs> 
a thousand. Yeah, I think it might be over, over a thousand. An element never forgets, though, so we're all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but in the element, you can post news articles, videos, audio clips, things like that. Pictures, pictures, <laughs> pictures, yeah. pictures, if you like, it's... or pictures. Um, you can request a birthday shout out. Um, None can... this week. No, no. birthdays. No this birthdays. Week. Nope. You can uh, suggest a guest. Had loads through there, haven't we? They've come on the uh, the old cast and uh, a focus G request. Which is unique mm. to this podcast. Yeah. There's a unique service we offer. If you've got, you know, health issues or maybe you're just a bit down in the dumps, maybe you're <laughs> under pressure at work, you've got a big presentation called Do for the Guys at the Office. It's the, it's the quarter quarter um, r- report. We've got to check our KPIs, a bit of bl- <laughs> blue sky thinking. What are our targets going to be for the spring? Ben, I can tell you've never worked in the <laughs> It can. It sounds like, right. That, 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 that's that's, that's yeah. fine. Bullshit speak. Um, <laughs> Blue sky thinking. You can request some... Some. Yeah, we can just get a helicopter view of this. You can <laughs> request some focus chi, and we as a community, not just us three, everyone listening, yep. will focus our chi in your direction for your aim. And as it grows, the chi becomes more powerful, that focused beam of energy. It gets chewy as well. <laughs> it does get chewy. It's, and it's lumpy. Like molasses. <laughs> Out of the testocles. That's, that's the testocles. <laughs> yeah, I aim for the, the um, pineal gland with my chi when I'm focusing. I just spray it all over. Yeah, you're a, a chi bukkake meister. And my, you aim for the prostate in the men. <laughs> just, just the men. The, the prostate of the man, you, you don't send your chi to the women. You know? No, I did. Mm. I, I think I clarified this a few, quite a while ago and oh, said yeah. it's the ovaries in the women. Oh, gosh, right. God, God. I don't know why they get ovaries and men don't get testicles, but, you know, we're just working with it's that. It's just all fun for the boys, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. you, you make the rules. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just Surgical. Just yeah. milking men everywhere. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I do. Good. Did Abby send some chi to King Charles? <laughs> <laughs> too much chi, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, maybe that's why they found the cancer when they were they're looking at his prostate. Uh, maybe he's not prostate cancer, is he? He's got an enlarged prostate. There was a story going it was full about of chi. That he was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's into like alternative medicine, and he's going to be rejecting the the sort of standard of care. And oh, he really? is he is a into that, isn't he? He's well yeah. known for, crystals and shit for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. <coughs> Maybe Bruce Lipton's going to pop in and see him. Chris Hoy has dropped uh, his uh, cancer this week. Yeah. Well. He's got cancer too. does, yeah. you got cancer and you've got cancer. Oh. Everybody's got cancer. What kind of cancer does Chris Hoy have? Um, I don't think he's said. Right, okay. He's sad. Uh, keep Sarah, it a secret too. Sarah Ferguson, Duchess of York. She's got it as well. She's got cancer too, yeah. Everyone's got wow. it. If you live long enough, you will get cancer. Yeah, Chris Hoy's like, what, 80? 100. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he's not fit. He's not a fit guy. Well, yeah. I mean, who knows what goes on in the land of cycling? Oh, well, it's notorious, isn't it? Well, we know from last week's guest, don't we? Dan Stevens. He got caught up in the whole doping yeah, but scandal. He said, like, everyone's had it. They're but all obviously, at it. Team GB is totally clean, obviously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's definitely, definitely nothing being passed around in brown paper bags, <coughs> things like that. Weren't there a story about Wiggins? Didn't he get done yeah. for it? Yeah. The brown, yeah. This, uh, yeah. From um, what Lance Armstrong said about it is, you know, 
everybody must be doing it. And everybody knows that everybody's doing it. It kind of democratizes it, doesn't it? If everyone yeah. does it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's yeah. like this argument for having the Royd Olympics. Exactly. We, we you have see a, what you can get. a parallel Olympics where there is no doping. I issue. accept the Royd Olympics only if we can also have the Drunk Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like... That's like <laughs> Snooker. It'd it? be amazing. Yeah. Drunk pool, bar pool. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that show, yeah. Yeah, what's it called? I can't remember. Oh, it's on a Sunday <laughs> with the, the cricketer, the Leeds cricketer. Ah! Now then. Now then. <laughs> now then. Uh, good. Indoor league. Indoor league, <laughs> that's it. Indoor league, yeah. Um, from obscurity. Leave us a review. <laughs> yeah, no reviews this week. Send us some show artwork. We didn't get any this week, so I knocked up this. This is, uh, we have unique show artwork every week that goes in the uh, in the podcast. And you, when you go onto Spotify or Apple Music or whatever it is, you get new artwork every week, and we encourage people to submit their own. You can do this kind of stuff on your phone these days. You can wrap up, rack up some some artwork, knock rat, it out, rat up some artwork. Yeah, you could even use Midjourney. Just check your spellings. Yeah, or don't, or don't. <laughs> yeah, they just send it off to a journal. Yeah. yeah, if you sign up for the newsletter, join the Element Survey, you find out who's coming on at least a week in advance, yeah. and then. Um, <laughs> You can make some artwork for us, man. Be handy. Gouge people's eyes out with your artwork. Gouge his eyes! Oh, my God. That was loud, wasn't it? It was loud, that, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, So, should we just throw some money at it or something? Well, we shouldn't. We should receive it. Uh Uh-oh. Cup yourself. Is there something else we're missing? No? I think so. Toss us a coin, then. Toss a coin to your wish. Yes, straight for the lads. Lads, lads. This is the final way to become producer and contribute monetarily if you're in the position to do so. You can go to thearmistinquisition.com or check the show notes. You can give us a one-off donation or sign up for a monthly recurring sustaining donation on PayPal. Buy us a coffee. Um, I need to Super smile. chat? Oh, yeah, super chats yeah. on super thanks on YouTube. We got a couple last week. Mm. Yeah. They, they will be thanked very shortly. Mm. So you get a producer <coughs> credit, man. Mm. Gosh, this is a, it's not unique to us. No agenda to it, and that's where we stole it from. But if you do these things and help us produce the content financially or by the other the other means, by hook time, or by crook, you, t- you know, giving us your time or your talents if you're an artist, um, you get a producer credit in the show notes. Mm. And these credits are real. Put them in your curriculum vitae, your LinkedIn, your. Uh, Tinder? Yeah, Tinder, yeah. Tinder profile. Do people still use Tinder? Bebo. <sighs> I don't know what, what are they into these days. You got sweaty ears. I sweaty everything. Oh, Betty Swallows. Oh, God. Yeah, um, so drop your eavesdropping ways. Become a producer. Only you fuckers out there can save Plotland. And keep the shit show going. Um, it's time to thank the producers. No? Yes. Um, wrong page. <laughs> <laughs> Run VT. I really, uh, Ooh. yeah, out of sorts. Uh, right, let's thank the producers for episode two, uh, 317, <laughs> fuck me. It's been a long year so far since January. Oh, we have Emma Bridges, Joe, Sam Carno, uh, last week's Super Chatters, Helen and Johnny, and Aliyah. Uh, even though I've not written it down, but using the power of my brain, I remember that she should be on the list, so thank Excellent. you. So amazing. They are, yeah, so yeah. amazing in their 
love and the dwarfs, the currants, the grape, the stupid little pen, the doctor of thugonomics, the homophobe, the wind, the giant fucking lenses, the solipsistic porn masturbator, the chest feeding, communist, the, the ninja turtle, yo, the base sigma chat, the corn pop, punch, the baby penis, inner asshole, these clockwork clowns, the I think um, do you not have to have YouTube premium to see a super chat box? Oh dear. Oh, right, I don't know. Okay. I don't know how it works. No, I don't think so, because I've I've uh, thin sticker buttons. All right. Well, unless that's something different. Matt, uh, ben, you were saying someone in the uh, chat couldn't see the yeah, super chat button. Yeah, down, man. Sure they... Couldn't see the super chat button. That's odd. Maybe we, maybe this video's been demonetized. <laughs> Unlike last week's show with Dan Stevens, still available and fully monetized. <laughs> nice. It's like, oh, I don't want to... People are paranoid about don't say the C word on YouTube. It's like... Chest feeding. Chest feeding. <laughs> no, Communists. It's down there, isn't it? It's down there next to the co- next to the chat thing. Oh, you found it, Matt. There's a there's a dollar. Th- it's like dollar. A dollar. Put a, put a dollar on my G string. Dollar. Dollar. Yeah. Hoi! I'm not going to no, press it. it works, I'm, not, I'm not donating. No, you you do enough. <laughs> you do enough. You Just by turning donate. up yeah. and listening. I'd say who has donated this week? Some gifts. Oh. You, you guys won't know, but gifts. Um, yeah, we've got a post. We've got a we got a care package. You got yesterday. mail. <laughs> wow. Um, here we go. This is from producer and uh, one of our biggest supporters, Helen, oh. and her partner Gary. Oh. We've got a card. Oh wow! Look at this. And uh, a, a fridge magnet. Oh. And a magnetic nice. book marks. Let me just check. Ben, that's yours. Amish Ben. Oh. Amish Matt. Oh, thanks. Magnetic bookmark. Should I put this on the uh, fridge? Put it on the fridge, yeah. Put it next to, um, yeah, Clarkson. That's to Jeremy Clarkson. There we go. Wonderbar. Nice. Look at that. It's really nice, the card, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's really nice. So it's obviously, we've got the... Um, Mandala. Yeah, it's like the... It Tree starts, of Life. It starts with the Vesica Piscis. Piscis? Vesica Piscis and expands out from there. Uh, so Hel- Helen has printed that by looks of it. I think she's oh, made sure. it. She's yeah. made it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there you go. Oh. You can check that out. And uh, basically, <laughs> Helen posted in the... I've got a serious wind tonight. It's this... Uh, it's the Doom Bar, isn't it? It's very Must gassy. Be. Very gassy beer. Helen posted in the inter- in the on the internet, fuck me, in the Element Survey earlier this mm. week that she was starting a side hustle doing uh, decals for cars and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Okay. And um, so there should be a link in the in the show notes, I think, folks, if you want to uh, support a fellow producer. Oh, Ellen. wow. I did write the name down. Oh, it's um, if you're on Instagram, it's at ZenSticks. So Z-E-N-S-T-I-C-K-S, at ZenSticks. Link in the show notes. ZenSticks. It's like... These like decals, you could use them for fucking all sorts. Yeah, it's like we we like function bands, guitars. Yeah, oh yeah, shit. Yeah, G- guitar cases, uh, speaker cabs. You use oh, them everywhere. Shit, can't you? I could probably send some work. 
Well, that's what I mean. And it's totally customizable. Mm. Um, so thanks, Helen. It's a really sweet yes. gift from oh, you. And I always need bookmarks because they, they get chewed up. Oh, this is a bookmark? This is it's not a, a fridge mag. It's a magnetic bookmark. So, oh, you, so put you put it... it in and then it clips around the pay. I do need one of these. There you go. Wow. Does it work with audiobooks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is fantastic. Thank you very much. Because I'm literally a communist. I think it wipes the memory clean <laughs> at the point of which you read up to. I'm, I'm helping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay. Thank you. That's very, that's very thoughtful and very uh, lovely. Good. Right. End of show. I sells. I got four. Four? Four. We need Number it. three. A unanimous decision. This is the first one. Good show. Good show. It's quiet. Was that quiet to you? It was a bit. Yeah, it was quiet though. Good show. Good show. Good show. Okay. Um, what a day! Oh, what a day! I know it's all a bit much, isn't it? Yeah, it's okay. I like that. It's okay. Oh, what a day! I know it's all a bit much, isn't it? That was uh, Harvey Jordan's lad. Son. Mm. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah I thought I recognised. Must be a documentary or something on. Or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number three is beautiful. That were fucking beautiful. Oh, it needs to enunciate a bit more. Well, the problem was, he's halfway eating a crumpet with a slice of cheese on it. Oh, that sells it for me. Melted cheese. <laughs> that were fucking brutal. Oh, fucking brutal. Okay, well, no, I don't I think this might be the best one, to be honest. I am so fucking tired of doing podcasts. That... Who's that? I am so fucking tired of doing podcasts. That... Who is it? I, can, I kind of recognise his voice. Really? It's Dana White? Yes. There From, we go. Um... <laughs> From Wayne's World. <laughs> Dana Carvey. Yes. <laughs> Dana White is the head of the <coughs> USC, isn't he? Oh, he runs right. It. Okay. Yeah. Didn't even know he had a podcast. <laughs> no, he was on someone else's podcast uh, and he walked out. Oh, do you know him? Right. Immediately okay. after that, he walked out. Did he? He said, I am so <laughs> fucking tired of doing podcasts that Headphones off. I'm gone. Wow, Pierce Morgan. What, was it? Was it the question or something? It was. He was being jerked off, as they say. Like the the host was Did just masturbating up? <laughs> over him. How wonderful he is. All oh, right. Okay. And he just said, oh, "You know, I'm just so sick of this shit. <laughs> I am so, so fucking tired, tired of doing podcasts. podcasts." Headphones off. See ya. Right. Okay. Ooh, yeah, that one. I mean, it's meta, isn't it? I like the last one first, personally. Mm. We're just doing this for your own good. Okay, that's what it is then. Oh, it's the last boy. one. Steamboat Willie, was that the last one? Steamboat Peterson. <laughs> Peter. Right. Good. That's all the... So we've, we've hit the end of show. Excellent. Wonderful. Good. Marvellous. Amazing. Have you two... Uh, Oh, yeah. What is going on with my guts today? I think uh, Ryan Seven has sent you <laughs> some cheat. Yeah, was he aiming for my prostate? Well, it's this the Ryan Seven burp, isn't it? That uh, excuse me, and that is why he holds the staff. It's from the, that's uh, all I can remember from this particular <laughs> angle. Twenty three point five degrees. It's the angle of the ecliptic. Exactly. Yeah. Have you two played squash yet? No, not yet. Oh. Bought, I've not even bought a racket. <coughs> I thought you bought yeah, a racket. Squash direct the other day. What were you doing? I said, is this a, a squash racket? And then I forgot about it for two days that I'd sent the oh, message yeah. and then looked again. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a squash racket. 
Well, we need to. We were going to go before the podcast, weren't we? It's not open, but it's not open because it's, it's not owned by the council anymore, is no. it? Ben? No, it's private. It's called Better. Better. It's not called uh, Forward Leisure Centre anymore. It's called Better. I actually went swimming there last Sunday for the first time in twenty odd years plus years. Really? It must be way more than twenty years, thirty years. What happened? It's exactly the same. Is it? Yeah. Is it not been touched? No, my 10-year-old daughter taught me how to dive properly. So I did my first ever hands above the head, hands in dive. Why have you never done that before? I don't know, I never felt the need. <laughs> That's What did you? What would you go for, a cannonball? Uh, I probably would just slide in. A plank? <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't jump into a body of water. You would daintily go down the stairs yeah. into the water. Yeah. I know that's what I mean. That that slow entry to the water is killer. Well, that's why it's hitting your head on the bottom of a, a pool's a killer. Isn't no, it? it's not. And then, like going into the <clears throat> so, how do you manage going into the sea? Then I very rarely go in the sea. Do you not go in the sea? No. Why? I've I've not been in the sea for four six years. When so, where do you do all your wees when you go to the beach when you're on holiday? Make a little hollow in the sand. Do you? No. You just hold <laughs> it in for days. I don't. I don't. You don't we? Just go to the toilet. Do not leave a little pellet <laughs> <laughs> like a lizard. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh yeah. You just bury that. Um, no, I don't know. I've never. I've never pissed in the sea. I don't think. Why? I don't know. It's freeing. What about them fish that swim at ure- urethra? Where do you think all all the sewage goes anyway? It's never cleaned. You just fire it out to sea and in the rivers anyway. Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe next time I'm in the sea, I'll have a piss. For you. Well, we'll see. We'll see so about we'll the see. sea. We'll see. See, see. I watched uh, One Day, binged One Day this week. It's a okay. book by David Nichols that I read, borrowed it off my wife oh, 15 sounds, years ago. It sounded, the pictures, and it sounded like... Uh, a chick, a chick flick. It's 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 all right. It's it's good. It's it's about this couple who they kind of get together at uni a bit, and then they see each other on the same day each year for several years, uh, and then you know they get together at the end. Spoilers, but um, <clears throat> I'd read the book, and I I think my brain had protected me, like encased it the ending in a in a walnut to prevent me from having a psychological event is that not your prostate yeah um <clears throat> my pineal gland um but i'd completely forgotten until i had this horrible feeling it was like a cold wave came over me towards the end of the penultimate episode and i thought oh shit and then i was a complete wreck for the la- the whole of the last episode you cried, cried massively more more so uh, than Marley and me. And I don't like humans. <laughs> now, famously, uh, listeners, you'll know that uh, Ben doesn't cry ever in movies. You know, he's not. Except, except Marley and me. <laughs> I think he watched Lion and didn't cry, didn't he? I've not watched Lion. He's yet. not seen it. No. 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 Okay. So, That's the test, isn't it? Yeah, I cried at Lion. Hard. <laughs> like this. <laughs> How did you cry for in the last episode of... 
I thought it was like mouth open crying. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. How 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 long is the series? Um, it's I'm going to go with ten episodes. And you watch that in a day? No, <laughs> what it's called one day. Oh, I thought you watched it in one day too. He said he binged it. He binged it over about a week. Oh right, okay. You binge one day in a week. One day in a week. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I, d- I knew the ending because I'd read the book, but I'd, my brain had protected me from it. Did he get together and then they step out of the restaurant and then they, one of them gets run over by a bus or something? No, isn't that like Breaking Bad or something? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no buses involved. Right. But one of them dies. <sighs> Gosh, sounds depressing. Yeah, it is. It we don't sense. need that. We need Predator. I had to watch um, Here We Go after that. That's a new comedy vehicle, BBC. No. It's quite good. It's a guy from, uh, he was in Peep Show, thing, and yeah. Ghosts he's in, things like that. My brother went to watch Drop the Dead Donkey Live this Fuck. week. Was 20 years ago. <laughs> this week. Wow. Stephen Tompkinson? Being recorded? Is it the, oh, I don't know. Bally, I think it's a live show. Ballykiss oh. Angel? Yeah, he was in Ballykay. So, Is that what the fans call it? Drop the Dead Donkey, <laughs> was that like... Was it something to do with the newspaper? Yeah, Fleet Street sort of thing. Yeah. Like the thick of it. No, not the thick of it. What's the other end? Is it Arnando Iannucci? It might have been, you know. I don't know. Might have been. Hmm. That's the postcard. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. No. All right, so that's a live live thing. Okay, shall we move on? I've got a couple of little bits to finish off on. Well... Unless you've got, you want to, you got some, well. I collected some uh, from Frogspawn today. Oh, what do you do with it? Slather yourself <laughs> um, on, the, on the nipples. <laughs> um, nom, 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 nom. Well, first of all, we had to locate it. <laughs> That's so, a little bit of sick. <laughs> <laughs> had to locate the Frogspawn and a little bit of sick. <laughs> no. Oh, <clears throat> when he was greasing his nipples with Frogspawn, I had a little bit of sick into the microphone. This is what hard feels like, and that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Okay. It's okay. You ever, when was the last time you touched some frog spawn? Oh, fuck. Um, Hothersill Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> Day trip, primary school. Right, okay. Well, I grabbed, I grabbed a handful of, of it and put you it in a bag. You probably killed the ones on the perimeter. Um, they're probably dead now, yeah. They've been they could have been the Nobel Prize winners of the frog world. I think, yeah, I've got to... So, what I... <laughs> What I came up with is because last time I got some tadpoles, and I, so I've had I've attempted three times with tadpoles. So the first time I put them in my pond, which has a pump and a filter, and a lot, and a lot of them were pumped through the pump and drowned. Well, maybe like five to a hundred. So um, and then a lot of them were eaten by the fish. So I thought I can't do that this the next time. So the next time I, I had an old pond liner. Matt, you know that well, mass murderers often start with animal cruelty. <laughs> with tadpoles. Um, this one is is kind of like, uh, it's almost like genocide, I suppose, that I'm just repeating over and over again in, in the tadpole uh, or amphibian realm. Um, you think you're known to them? Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, it comes in. So I've got a, a pond liner and I tried, to, tried them in that and then they just all gradually disappeared. So they've either... <laughs> Grown legs, or Wings. they were picked off by birds, basically. 
with that one. I think it was a bit too cold for them in that one. Right. So this time what I've done is I was going to get, I got a little tank and they were going to go in my eldest son's bedroom. Like a nursery. But uh, my wife said, no, you can't do that. To no, put my foot down, no. So what I have done is I've put this little tank inside the pot, in the pond right. and they're separated from the fish now. But it'll keep it at a constant temperature because the pond's got a... So the birds might still get them? No, because it's got a lid. Oh, so it's going to, what, suffocate? No, it's got a lid, it's fine. It's perfect. You're going to let them out when they're frogs? Be uh, crowded in there? No. I'm Maybe gonna... they'll eat each in themselves. They do, they yeah, do. You have to, what you have to do, apparently, which is po- probably why the other ones all disappeared... <laughs> Is you have to introduce meat when they develop legs because oh <laughs> they become carnivorous. You introduce your meat. Introduce <laughs> this is what hard feels like, and that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. So you whisper to the frog spawn before you fuck him. <laughs> Filthy bastard. Unbesmegging, leaveable. Don't tell my sons about this, but yeah. So. I've got to... Have you ever wondered what frog spawn feels like in your hands? Yeah. <sighs> but he gets very excited about it. So, you know, it's something for us to do. We can watch the life cycle. Yeah, it's good. He's Science. got He's got some... Uh, at the moment, he's got the cold... Aqu- so sea monkeys have been rebranded as aqua dragons. Sea monkeys? <laughs> Never heard of sea monkeys? <laughs> Come on. Sea monkeys. <laughs> you two are terrible. <laughs> so he's got some. He's got some aqua dragons at the moment. This right. is their life cycle. And then we're going to learn about the tadpole's life cycle. It's pretty okay. short in your, your house, isn't it? It's not. <laughs> in it's, the basement, we'll, we'll learn about the human life cycle. It was. It actually, rubs the lotion on its skin. <laughs> or else it gets a hose again. <laughs> it rubs the frog spawn on its skin. It was actually quite a slow death in the in in the frog spawn 2.0. We're in 3.0 now. So I think okay. I think I've cracked it now. All right. Don't crack the tank. I mean, what I because my wife was then surprised I put them in the pond inside the tank. What I might do is take the tank out of the pond and put them in his bedroom. Defy, what? defy the wife. Yeah, because she said, "Oh, did you did you put them in the pond?" I thought he was going in his room. Well, you just said you didn't want him in the room, uh, so you didn't read between the lines, Matthew. No, so I think what I'm going to do. I think I might tomorrow. I might take them out, dry it off, and dry, put it so, and put it so, off. Yeah, put it somewhere <laughs> in the room. Air fryer. Because <laughs> it's warmer in there, isn't it? So I think there's a better chance. And there's a, there's a bit of pondweed in there and algae and stuff for them to eat originally. And then I've just got to introduce meat. So I think like a lamb chop or something. Jesus Christ, how big are they? <laughs> well, I don't know. That's it's what he said. Corned beef in. Some meat. Celebrity ham. It looked like a crushed snail they'd thrown in. And oh. it says, be, <laughs> be careful to remove the meat after a few days before it turns into what? You best uh, tang the piece of meat to a bit of twine. Oh, wolf faggot. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming eagle. Oh! Sorry. <laughs> oh, flashback. This is awful. <laughs> this is an awful segment. You have to think about it. If you, you know, the good thing is when you get them, if you do manage to get some fully grown, think of all the eggs you'll have. You know, you never have to buy eggs again at the supermarket. Fish eggs? Eggs. You know, frogs lay eggs, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Free range. Yeah, that's what yeah. becomes before yeah. the spawn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Caviar. So, yeah. Mm. Scrambled eggs. Yeah. Poached. 
Good. Intr- introduce some meat. You get a breakfast. Bacon and egg. Frog and egg. Get the frog to lay the eggs and then butcher it. Yeah. So all this is for <laughs> is we have too many slugs in our in our garden. Right. Okay. Right. So, that's so instead it. of pellets. Yeah, because we don't want to kill the hedgehogs, do we? Sawdust. So what we're trying to do is breed <laughs> frogs. A natural predator. Yeah. And I'll never, I'll never see a slug again. <laughs> Have you thought about breeding peregrine falcons? <laughs> I think if you can't that's breed next. fucking frog spawn, <laughs> you might struggle with well, an endangered avian species. I tried with birds of prey, but they kept getting sucked into the filter. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is, is um, some of them might... Some of the, <laughs> the original batch were definitely froglets, okay? Right. So some of them may have escaped. And this is the other thing that might also happen is um, they only spawned themselves after about three years. So the first batch was three years ago. Oh, my God. So in six years, I might get a mega infestation of frogs that because apparently they come back to the place where they hopped out of the water to spawn. Do you Shit. think you're raising the grandchildren of the first batch? Maybe. I could, I could be doing Gremlins 3. In a few years, you might have to go up in a helicopter with a, a turret machine gun and just start just <laughs> Shooting bullfrogs. Yeah. So, you know, I'm excited. Come on! Come get me! <laughs> Is that what you're Take expecting? them out. You might have to. Like World War Z. You'll be playing that Chuck Berry song. Was it Chuck Berry they play in the beginning of Predator in the helicopter? I don't know. Is he not? No, that's... Uh, Platoon, isn't it? Do, 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 do. Pink Floyd. No, um, I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. Chat, chat might help me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, good story. Good story. Yeah, frog yeah, content. Frogs. That snails and frogs. The lifestyle. The the life cycle. At least your kids are learning. Uh, yeah, I'm bringing, how, I'm bringing science and biology home. Yeah, how nice. delicate a balance it is between life and death. <laughs> In my back garden. <laughs> In my hands. Oh, <laughs> uh, The thing is as well, when I've been reading about it, is it, it says... You did research? Yeah. What happened to the fish you were into? You bin them the, off? No, they're still frog, going. I'm all about frogs now. <laughs> yeah, Asia Pisces is over. It's the age of Aquarius. <laughs> the uh, water carrier. I've I'm peak. I've got loads of sticklebacks now. And I've got loads of uh, white cloud mountain minnows. You've so mastered fish. I've got fucking saying. loads of pond snails. It's all kinds of weird shit that live in that pond now. Uh, dragonflies. Just in the not summer. frogs. Yeah, no, no Dragon, frogs. Dragonflies in the summer. What else do you want? Are you building up to having venture capitalists on yachts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even have to feed the fish anymore now. Wow. There's so much stuff oh. in there that they, they feed eat. themselves? Yeah, they do. Wow. Yeah. Are you mind sweeping? I know. Yeah. <laughs> My, myself. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Why have I got three bottles with a, a 10 mil of Doom Bar in them? Shit, Wasted gas. Well, I'm Gosh. pumped about tadpoles. Uh, yeah, no, it's very well, exciting, Matthew. Absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm definitely. I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take them out of the pond, rinse the, the tank down, <laughs> and put them in the room as a surprise for him tomorrow after school. 
Nice. And he can, you know, get used to the stench. I, I don't know if your wife's going to be happy knowing that it's the same tank that was been in the pond for a week. Oh, it's fine. It's, 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 I did it today. It's fine. You've already done it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was... So, a, a plea went out on Facebook. Yeah. Um, even though I'm not on Facebook, but I was made aware that some frogs had spawned in a precarious puddle on Ashton Park. Ah, precarious needed puddle. rescuing. So... Um, there was a, already a family there. They took some. Family of frogs. And Yeah, and uh, I came in with my two and scooped up a bag full. You're quite the eco-warrior, really, aren't you, Matt? Yeah, it, as long as you, you know, you disregard the genocide. Fucking give him six months, he'll be throwing fucking orange paint on a Rembrandt. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I know. But, well, yeah. Yeah. well, if I get divorced, that is, because we all know why they do that. Yes, for clunge. Yeah, so that's what I'll do. Either that, or I'll I'll attract the ladies with my tadpoles and my spawn. I think you you're too old. You little swimmers. You're too old to join. Uh, what are they called? Grinder. <laughs> These eco nuts who splash orange paint. Just a pile. You're oh, too yeah. old for just a pile. No, I'm afraid, Matt. Yeah, I probably yeah. I, you know, be pointing out the shoes and stuff as well. You could have just stopped BBC Three or something. <laughs> Set up yeah. a new one. Uh, just stop BBC Four. Oh no! <laughs> Ooh, Steady on. Is that distasteful? Ooh. It's a nerve there. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, shall we move on? Yeah. If we must. It was Valentine's Day earlier this week. Did you do anything oh, nice? It was, yeah. What did we do? No. Nope. Um, <laughs> my nope. wife got a set of Lego roses that she asked for. Oh, did she, were they or did she have to put them together herself? She did. Yes, she likes Lego. Oh, good. That's uh, that's a, a a good wife. Easy gift. Good Guggenheim Lego model out there in the wild. It's like a, you know, the ones where they're black. They're in black boxes, like adult Lego. <coughs> oh, Lego is adult Lego, Ben. I know. It says but, yeah. it says three plus on it. What? What? I, when I say adult, I mean more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I know some of it is ridiculous, like thousands, isn't it? Oh, yeah. like the, the Death Star. How much is the Death Star? Is it six hundred quid? Like old Death Star. Uh, more, Full I size, think. Yeah. yeah, I think a thousand. <laughs> I think some of them are a grand. Uh, I think the Falcon's about three fifty four hundred. Oh, she insane. wanted a soup. No, a Nez Lego, and Ooh. that was. I think that was two hundred, two hundred or three hundred quid. For Valentine's Day? No, for Christmas, but we, I couldn't find one. And I'm going to say it. I'll just sling Jeez. it bloody up. I was on eBay looking for them. Got made of money. Um, and they were going for silly money. What did Gosh. you get, Matt? For Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well, she forgot. And it's also... <laughs> and, <laughs> and I didn't forget the Lego rose she wanted. And it's also our, our anniversary, of course, isn't it? Of course, it? Yes, Valentine's yes. Day. Our wedding anniversary. So she forgot your wedding anniversary as well. Kind of. I think she remembered that it was Valentine's Day, but she forgot to get me... Any, no, she did get me something, sorry, because uh, I sent her something, which was a pull-up bar and dips bar for nice. the... For the for the, you? For the gym. For, for the nachos. Gosh. So you put your... N- yeah. <laughs> sauce, sauce, the dip. Yeah. <laughs> the dips. Yeah. I got to... I got uh, Last year, I got to the point of doing five pull-ups in a row. Oh, shit. It's too high, man. I can do 25 push-ups in a row now. That's good. Yeah, 25. Yeah, good. It's good for, good for an old man, that. Just yeah, about. Yeah. Just about, you know. Push-ups are hard. Um, That's okay. So... 
that's what it's for. And she'll use it as well. So she was up for buying it. So she does pull-ups? It's for her. So I think she thinks she can... She does do pull-ups, yes, but she can... Does she think she's Does she think she's Linda Hamilton from Terminator 2? Pretty much. Got but strength. She's got, she's got a hairpin in her mouth. She does. She's whack you over the head with a truncheon. Something called aerial yoga. <laughs> what? Wow. Aerial yoga. How's it different from standard yoga? You do it in the air. Earthbound yoga. <laughs> So you have some silks, they're called. Oh, yes, I've seen the silks. And you strap yourself in the silks. And she's been doing it, I think she's been doing it about a year now. She loves it. Do you have a um, hook in the roof? Yeah, but with this, what she thinks right. is that she'll be able to attach some silks to the top, to the pull-up bar. You'd have to take a swing off first, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, <laughs> she doesn't know about that that present yet. Sounds <laughs> very dangerous, this. Um, but yeah, no, so it's, it'll be good. It'll be, it'll be thoroughly used. Within Excellent. the home office slash gym. That's good stuff. Yeah. Do you know what? Uh, do you know what I got my missus for Valentine's Day? What did you get your missus? I got her uh, flowers and chocolates. Wow! From Lidl. So oh. I got points. I got my reward <laughs> points. <laughs> Boom! Everyone's a Double winner. Points. Everyone's a winner. Ten percent off your next shot. What is the Lidl brand of chocolate? Another Ferreros. Oh, right, okay. Oh, right. oh branded. <laughs> yes. Wow. Ferocious roaches. And what was and the flowers were from Lidl's as well. Yeah. What were they? And I had a voucher for flowers, two pound off. He doesn't <laughs> know what the flowers were. What kind of flowers were they? It was uh pink ones. Red and ones. red and white and pink ones. Uh are they what are they called? The ones It's called a, a mixed bag of roses, a mix twenty four or something. Oh, they, were, they were roses. Oh, yeah. Double dozen. Wow. Yes, 24. And a wow. mixed colours. You know what that means. What does it mean? I've no idea. What did you do it, for your for something. your Valentine? We don't thing. get we don't we didn't get each other gifts. We got cards for each other. And um probably watched that last episode of One Day and <laughs> Cried. Had a good cry. Yeah, had a did, good cry. Did your wife cry at it as well? Yeah. Did she? Yeah. I don't think I want to watch that one then. No, it's sad. Right. Now you have to watch Lion next week. That'll be your homework. Yeah. <laughs> We've been I've seen to be... the Lion King. <laughs> anyway. Have you got oh, a story yeah, about Valentine's Day. Day. Gosh, oh. I mean, I feel for this guy because, you know, when it comes around every year, and especially when you've been with someone for 20 plus years, it's like, how do you, how do you, how do you mix top, things up? How do you top last year's uh, flowers oh. and chocolates? Exactly, yeah, yeah. So you've got to think out of the box. And some guys, I mean, they just can't do right from doing wrong, can they? Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. No, no, I got you some flowers. Like, I thought I'd get them, like, personalised and that. So I got milk. Like, mum, I'd like to... You got me this for Valentine's Day. Genuinely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like... It's personalised flowers, Rox. If I was dead... Right, but no... Why do they only have to be used when people die? Because they're for funerals. But why are they? They're just the letters, aren't they? I don't understand. Like, I thought it'd be nice. Like, these these cost more than like normal flowers. I was trying to do something special. For... I, I really don't understand why she's angry. Ah, uh, it's it's just all made up for the clicks. <laughs> Valentine's Day. What's wrong with roses? You should have stuck with roses. I can't believe you've had that made. You've got some balls in you. I'm so angry right now. 
You should have seen that fry's face. What, what did he think it was for a funeral? Yes! I think the best bit about that is the drunk driver. In yeah, that video. Down below. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Sometimes, Ben, I just wish you'd go along with the ruse. <laughs> well, you would think that this next clip is a ruse, but no, this is real life. This is a public health service announcement from uh, Rachel Levine over across the pond. Hello, I'm Admiral what? Rachel Levine. This black history... Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> who's Rachel Levine? Admiral who's Rachel Admiral Levine. Has, who's from the, what? From the Biden administration? Secretary of Health and Human Services? And also an admiral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Secretary of Health is an admiral. Uh, of health. <laughs> <laughs> who's, the re- who's the rear admiral of health? Or what is it? Commodore. You'd, you'd have to ask her. <laughs> What's, what comes after admiral? Is it, is it Commodore? Oh, yeah. And, then, and what comes after Commodore? Amiga. Um, Mr. Bond. Is it not? What's it called in? Is it something about the... Uh, God. First Sea Lord. Sea Lord. <laughs> is it yeah. Sea Lord? That's what thing he was, wasn't it? Winston Churchill was first Sea Lord. Is this not Scientology? Sea <laughs> Org? Yeah. I'm sure it. I'm sure Winston Churchill was a sea lo- was the first sea lord. They make up these tiles, they're meaningless. What? <gasps> it's not like a, it wasn't because, you know, the the Navy was good then. Or bad, depending on where you lived. <laughs> <laughs> no. Depending on what side of the boat you're on. Yeah. I mean, it was pre-World War II. It was the best, I would say. Probably still the best Navy in the world. Mm. From the... Adventurers from the time of the Adventurers, seventeenth century. What rank is um, defeated the Dutch? Dutch. Yeah, the Dutch had the strongest navy, like uh, early seventeenth century, and then there was a war, which the English won. Uh-huh. Spanish Armada got twatted. Yeah. Francis Drake, and then uh, the UK took over the seas, basically. Cigarettes and until potatoes. The rest war. is history. Until World War Two, Germany was comparable. I think Germany's navy going into World War Two was comparable. Germany's landlocked. Yeah, yeah, but is it industrial powerhouse? Is it? No, I think it's a bit at the top. A bit, a bit at the top near Denmark, isn't there? A bit. I think they probably old Germany. Hang on, they had an empire, didn't they? They had more back then. (laughs) I forget. Yeah, Germany of today is the remnants of the Austro. Anyway, what rank is Rachel Levine? For fuck's sake, got two more clips before we can finish this podcast. I just want to know what the rank of Seaman is. First Sea Lord. <laughs> All right, go on. Hello, I'm Admiral Rachel Levine. This Black History Month, I'm... Pl- Secretary of State for Health in the Biden administration. Hello, I'm Admiral Rachel Levine. This Black History Month, I'm pleased to partner with OMH in advancing better health through better understanding for black communities. Climate change is having a disproportionate effect on the physical and mental health of black communities. Black Americans are more likely than white Americans to live in areas and housing that increase their susceptibility to climate-related health issues. And 65% of black Americans report feeling anxious about climate change's impact. Through our Office of Climate Change and Health Equity... That's a good uh, name for an office. The Office of Climate Change and Health Equity. Uh Yeah. It's It's just fucking bureaucracy. Mm. In evidence. Word salad. 
Just say the words, the buzzwords, the keywords. I'll throw some numbers out there. No one will check them. Through yeah. our Office of Climate Change and Health Equity and the Office of Environmental Justice, we're working with providers and community leaders to identify innovative approaches that empower communities to address the health consequences linked to climate change. Visit hhs.gov for more information and tune in next Thursday to hear from another HHS leader. What the fuck have you actually said? This is what astonishes me. Increase their susceptibility to climate-related health issues. And 65% of black Americans report feeling anxious about climate change's impact. Through our Office of Climate Change and Health Equity, and the Office of Environmental Justice, we're working with providers Work. and community leaders to identify innovative approaches that empower communities to address the health consequences linked to climate change. Visit hhs.gov for more information and tune in next Thursday to hear from another HHS leader on how you can contribute to advancing better health for black communities. It's just bizarre. It's clown world. She... she, she spoke for a minute without saying anything i mean that's there's a lot there's a lot of buzzwords going on <laughs> it's in buzzword that, bingo in that and <laughs> like i said there wasn't really any content substance no substance just words and talk was, is cheap uh, yes it was very much <laughs> I, it would be interesting to know what a climate re, climate change health issue is Win it, I suppose. Yeah. And how you build resilience to that. But we're working with our partners, our community partners, to d- design innovative approaches to, ch- to, you know, it's nonsense. It's fucking nonsense. Yeah. Is, it, is, it, is it this where you say, like, moon pies and penny whistles? No, that's, that's when you frivolous, frivolously waste your money on things. Yeah, I mean, she ain't working for now. We're no. frivolously, well, we're not. We have our own quangles who do this, but they're frivolously wasting their money on departments like this who get paid mm. to spout out buzzwords and do nothing. Certainly well, nothing productive. I wonder if Admiral Levine gets paid from the he Navy. He's a skater boy. <laughs> and um, the government then. Well, it's kind of the government twice, isn't it, if they're in their army? In the, uh, well, obviously, neighbor. the private sector isn't going to hire her, is it? The sprout, sprouting bullshit. A decorated you, admiral. You get know. found out. You have P&O to pro- ferries. You have to produce things, don't you? Mm. Generally. To, to, to pay your way. You know, you, you're dead wood. If you just sprout, spout shit out of your mouth holes, just buzzwords, you get found out and you'll, get, you'll, you'll be found uh, surplus to requirements. The, the have they not found Ben? I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's young. He's younger. There's time. He's only forty. There's time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, the public sector is the future, right? For just making lots of gruel. Yeah. Yeah. Your daily gruel. So I'll have someone else make it for me. Mm. That's the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Uh, should we? Should we go? Last clip. Yes. Uh, Vietnam TV. VTV1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar. Um, You have to 
give respect to the professionalism of the news anchors on VTV mm. when things go wrong. Um, it's very rare. Like we had that clip from News 24, BBC News 24, where the woman was <laughs> giving the oh yes the yeah. finger mm. humorous clip. Some things go. Sometimes things go wrong on live TV. Do you remember that guy who came into the BBC for a job interview and ended up being, <laughs> being interviewed? Yeah. Um, Live on air. Um, that is yeah. the, the clip, brilliant. isn't it? <laughs> uh, this, this is pretty slick. This is how they handle it in Vietnam. Tốc độ cao như vậy. Khi mà mưa xuống, mưa bão xuống thì nước đổ dồn rất nhanh. Tốc độ rất nhanh cho nó tàn phá rất là lớn. Cho nên là thiệt hại nó cũng rất là khó tránh khỏi. Và... Vì vậy thì Seamless Bình thường đi That's brilliant No <laughs> Just throw it Just throw it Was he the anchor? <laughs> I mean you'd do up that top button wouldn't you? Well it's hot in Vietnam That's what I was thinking yeah mm. <clears throat> Lacks de- dress code It's not like a I was going to say Hugh Edwards, but he's disappeared, hasn't he? Don't place your imperialist values on That's, another nation. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Gosh, cultural appropriation, man. Impressive. Did you see Gosh. that uh, Philip Schofield had paid off that uh, man now, or child? T-boy. Yeah. Oh, that he paid him for a, a non-disclosure agreement? An NDA, yeah. Six, did we not a six figure sum? Did we not Ooh. say that on this podcast a year ago? Probably, yeah. I imagine it was something that I, I would did. have said. Yeah, six figs. Of course, yeah. Never. So you're never going to get the truth, are you? No, it'll never come out. Damage is done. Mm. Wonder how much he paid him for a single hundred grand job. Hundred grand. Do you think minimum six figures? Oh yeah, I like how you worked that out, Phil. Well done. I would thought it would be nine hundred and ninety-nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine pounds. It could be ten point zero 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 pounds. He's yeah. not that rich, Scoff. You don't think he's got a few mil? Yeah. Does he have a production yeah. company? Gordon the Gopher something. For hand up the bum. Hand up the bum, yeah. Stuffed gophers. That's where I was going. Production company. <laughs> I reckon I reckon he's worth about twenty. I don't think he'd he'd want hand over a million to that guy. Twenty million that's what I think it's worth. Dollar yeah. dues? Yeah. 20 mil. Wow. Do you know what I mm-hmm. We no, find out, can we? Who knows? Maybe he bet on the property market in his shag mm. pad in Kensington or wherever it was. He's been in TV for a long time. I think that's pretty conservative estimate, 20 million for Scolf. Wow. I'm not sure how much TV people get paid for their actual TV ink. It's all the other stuff, isn't it? I'll tell you who should be earning 20 million. Um, Sabre from Gladiators. Uh, yeah. she's, she's worth 20 mil a year. Yeah. Did you see what she did this week? On no, Gauntlet? Still not watched it. No, not seen this week. Are you fam- you, well, you, you haven't watched the series, but there's one called Gauntlet where you have to run through four gladiators and they have like a. One's got like a long. Stick. Stick. And one's got two. Sticks? Two. Like uh, pad things. Pads, yeah, yeah. And then there's another with a long. So this week, Sabres at the front with the two pads. And uh, the f- previous contender got through them all, and she was fucking angry. So the next contender comes. You go on my first whistle, set, <laughs> sets her off, and Sabre throws her past the side and just rubbly tackled her. Wow. Did she get bollocked for that? 
Did he yeah. pull her up on it? Yeah, yeah, she got suspended. Yeah. Wow, drama. Fucking hell, they yeah. take it so seriously. Don't they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's like WWF. Professionals. It's now. WWE. I think it's just WW now, isn't it? Is it? They've been through all the all the vowels. Right. All the uh, consonants. <clears throat> it piqued their interest a little bit, the eldest one, and then it waned. So do uh, you want to try watching it? No. You need to get some popcorn in. Make it an event. Yeah. Yeah. Make them watch it. Yeah. Like WWE. So long until I jerk a knot in your ass. That's what I say to the tadpoles. <laughs> <laughs> Clipped. That's good. Yeah. Good. Right, let's go. It's late. It's I, 11 o'clock. I forgot late. to say oh, as well that uh, Phil's got his, his wank roll. Down here, oh, we've all it's missed. It's always there. It's always there. Blue roll. It's an extra large aperture. <laughs> uh, roll there. That's where you put the frog spawn. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. So long, gay boys. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll be back next week. Oh, is it bar racing next week? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, excellent. Mm. Oh. We'll be live on YouTube for the second time. Third second time. barn race. Is it, is it, we done two. Oh. Yeah, we done two already. All right. Oh, New it, Year, didn't we? We did New in, Year with increasing amounts of alcohol. Oh. Yeah. So good. We might, might bring some drugs as well then next week. Just wow. freshen, freshen it up. Drugs. Okay. You could lick some of the back of Matt's toads. <laughs> Are they psychedelic? You frogs. Who knows? I mean, they all die, don't they? <laughs> They'll die. So. <laughs> Right, see you next week. Good. We'll be Bye. there. We'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. We'll be there. PSG, we will be there. We'll be there. Good luck. I mean, the problem with barn raisins is sometimes they're good, aren't they? <laughs> sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be, good, sometimes it may be shit. Yeah. So I hope you join us next week for that. Who knows? Yeah. Can, you know. We've got this YouTube freedom now. We've got a clean channel. Mm. No strikes, no warnings. We can Ooh, expose our gosh. dark side. And these guys, I mean, they're having fun now, but my goodness, they've also got a dark side. <clears throat> Sexy it. bitch. Mm. I love that little eyebrow raise. Yeah, it's brilliant. Dark side. He knows. Oh, he knows. He knows he's a hunk, doesn't he? Even though he stinks of mackerel. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what a baby. What a big baby. Just get on with the game. <sighs> baby. <laughs> the ultimate puss party. You dirty bitches! Just doing this for your own good. Congratulations on becoming a doctor of thugonomics. The Chungus Pirate from Based Sigma Chad. Boot your teacher out of I never sucked any ding-dongs. I'm too fat. I'm too stupid. I'm too lazy. I don't get out of bed in the morning. I smoke drugs. Give me money. <laughs> Anna El Etifaki. See you See soon. soon. <laughs> <coughs> Wonderful. Fuck Graham Hancock. Oh, can I say that? <laughs> That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over.
I am so fucking tired of doing podcasts. It's 